Hey guys, this is Justin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, our Star Wars EU podcast. I'm joined today by Corey from Corey Loses and uh, Corey's Datapad, and we will be discussing Book Seven of the X-Wing series, X-Wing Solo Command. And today in my video, I said Book Seven of the X-Wing trilogy. It was very, <laughs> very embarrassing. It, what is it, X-Wing Nonology? Isn't it 10 in total? Well, after this, there's only what? Oh, no, there's Star Fox. Yeah, we, Ar- yeah it's got, 10. Yeah. Mercy Kill. And... I so forgot it, about our Adamar. Yeah, so one thing that's kind of interesting is, we, yeah, we've been doing this for a while, those of you who are just tuning in for the first time today, whether on YouTube or in podcast form. We did the first four books of what most people call the Rogue Squadron series, and then there's three books in the Wraith Squadron series, um, and after this, there's a bit of a, a break in universe, but I didn't realize this. In 99, Isard's Revenge actually came out, so the same year, I think, as Solo Command. So they went right mm. into the later books, because I know before I started, we've kind of talked about this before, I didn't realize that these books came out so sort of late in the Bantam run. Yeah, I think that was one of the things we talked about early on, where it was both of us were kind of surprised by how compressed some of the timelines were. And how, like, even Black Fleet Crisis and some of those series were coming out around the same time. Yeah. And that, that that's probably, like, the effects of that, I think, are most evident in this book, actually. Because, and this is the one book where I think more than any, I felt that they were very clearly working within confines. Yeah. Um, because, so, the basic premise of this book is Han Solo is the general of a New Republic task force basically assigned to hunt down Warlord Zinj. Zinj isn't an Imperial. He was a formal Imperial, but now he's kind of made his own little Imperial Empire, uh, or sorry, his own little mini Empire, and he's fighting off various factions, and he's just a big bad dude. The main problem is we know that Zinj and his Super Star Destroyer survive into um, Courtship of Princess Leia, which chronologically is like the next book. Um, so for me, at least it's kind of boring with all these, because Zinj has lots of near misses or like Han and the Han and the boys get really close to killing Zinj, but you just know that he's not going to be able to. Yeah. One of the, really one of the most interesting things is that we've done seven X-Wings book, X-Wing books now, but the biggest connection between any books that we're going to have done is that Solo Command pretty much goes right into the opening of courtship of princess leia so they're probably yeah. the most connected books despite courtship being written earlier by a different author in a very different style than a lot of the x-wing books yeah very. so different. that'll be kind of a big contrast for the next episode right and i mean it does kind of set it up because they think zin or no they think they think zin is still alive but they think his superstar destroyer is dead yeah um so because i guess at the beginning of courtship is han on like shore leave when he kidnaps leia i guess uh I know at the start of the book, he's talking about how it's been five long months that he's been tracking Zinj, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it is kind of sure. interesting to think that, like, the whole Zinj thing was just made up on the spot, like, in media res, isn't that what they say? Like, it's yeah. just like... like but we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that next book, I guess. Um, I'd say this, too, I guess before we get into specifics, is does the best job, I think, of using Rogue and Wraith Squadron, although we're still yeah. focused on Wraith Squadron. I personally would have liked if um, it was a bit more mixed. 
But uh, we do see, like, um, Rogue Squadron characters kind of not from, like, their perspective, but we see them from the outside, especially Corrin and Noara and I guess mostly those two. Yeah, since uh, all the Wraith and Rogue's uh, characters are established by this point, there's less mm. of the setup that needs to happen. Mm. Uh, so they get to mix them up a bit more, especially because they're in the same place. That helps. But... Uh, yeah. We we do get to see our longtime favorite characters from Rogue World. Squadron, like Penda Scotian, uh, oh, yeah. all those great. <laughs> everyone's favorite Rogue. Yeah, um, but to, no. But when I was reading it, and I was like, it was like Oral and Corin were flying. I was like, man, I'd give anything for just like five minutes with Oral, just like hear him, hear his sweet, <laughs> sweet voice. You, I, I said what I said. No, but just to like you know get that interaction again because like I yeah. miss Corin Horn's perspective. And I kind of realized that I've missed them in all of these books. And uh, I don't know. I think he's the most interesting character still. Um, he definitely has the most interesting overall storyline after this. Mm-hmm. Because he actually gets a storyline after this. I guess, like, yeah. Mercy Kill gives some of them a storyline. Yeah. but That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, like, I think one thing that Star Wars Legends books do to, like, either good or poor success is bringing in long-time characters. Like, if you read Legacy of the Force or Fate of the Jedi, does Cornhorn really feel like the same Cornhorn? You know what I mean? Or is it just, mm-hmm. like, a character who does this thing that has the name Cornhorn? Yeah, a lot of that does depend on the authors, too, because especially yeah. with Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi, you have three authors trading off, so it's like, mm-hmm. uh, if you have... Uh, I think Aaron Austin did Fate of the no, he did Legacy of the Force. He was Legacy of the Force. Yeah. So if when you get him writing Corin, it yeah. feels more like Michael Stackpole's Corin. But then uh, when you get to like Karen Travis or Troy Denning doing Corin, it does feel very different. Uh, because I think in Karen Travis's books, Corin is a Mandalorian. So he did both Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi. Sorry. Okay. But yeah, you know, you're right. Like it. And it's funny because, like, each one of the, like, anytime Aaron Alston has a book, chances are there's going to be a flight simulator in it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that happens to a lot of the characters where mm-hmm. they just kind of fill in whatever role is needed for that, mm-hmm. uh, except for Kyle, who doesn't get to fill in anything. <laughs> but Or for, like, um, yeah, certain characters, like, who get just thrown into any situation possible like any of troy denning's characters mm-hmm. will basically just like if something needs to happen it'll happen um, or the young jedi knight characters actually probably say the most consistent uh any like of Zach and well jason jaina any of oh, the ones yeah. that are like mostly formed by kevin j anderson tend to mm-hmm. stay the most similar mm-hmm. uh where jason mostly always feels like jason uh jaina mostly always feels like jaina zach even like dala yeah well jaina has the kind of weird thing where she's like a total badass in fate of the jedi but there are certain points of like and for parts of legacy mm-hmm. of the forest but there are other points where she's just like sitting there shrugging just like eh. well with some of it it feels like it's different but it's also a valid right. way for her character to progress because that because a lot of that did 30s. come in with delray where it was they yeah. wanted to keep that continuity wherein yeah. uh the bantam books if it's the same character in more than two books, you're kind of lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, um, but yeah, because they, they're like 30 by Fate of the Jedi. But like Saba, for example, she stays pretty much the same. 
And that's largely because she's being written by Troy Denning most of the well, time. Well, she also is kind of a one-note character. Right. And the more one-note the character is, the easier it is. Like, she just has to, like, Be laugh angry. at someone getting hurt and say this one, like, 17 <laughs> times. Yeah. Um, how does... Okay, how do Bells even become Jedi? Like, they're so angry all the time. And they like, on our, like they just love killing things. Like I don't think they're fit to be Jedi. <laughs> we'll probably get to that with NJO. Like yeah. everyone dies except for Tessar. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's the nest gone. This is what happens in nature, guys. Yeah. Okay, that was that was quite a tangent. Um, it would be interesting though to to learn how Aaron Alston and Michael Stackpole work together. Um, mm. I don't know if there's anything ever been written about that, but. Unfortunately, Aaron Alston has passed away. I think it was, was it 2015? Yeah, uh, um, 2014, 2015. I think it was Disney that killed him or something. That's, <laughs> Jesus I mean, that's that's what my impression from the fandom is, right? That's why when they say Disney killed legends, it was actually that they, they murdered they Aaron Alston. They literally are killing authors. Yeah. 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 Um, a little no griet. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop there. But... Um, I messaged Troy Denning on Twitter, and he said he was going to... I asked him if he had any memories of working with Aaron, and he said, yep, and he, he'd write us something. So. Oh, cool. Something to look forward to. Troy Denning is super responsive on Twitter. He's literally responded to any message I've sent him. What we need to do is just start DMing him during an episode, yeah. and we can call that having him as a guest. Okay, guys, if you have any questions for Troy Denning, make sure to, con- <laughs> make sure to join our Patreon. Get you straight <laughs> to the source. <laughs> Uh, direct access yeah that's that's our a hundred dollar tier direct access to troy denning <laughs> want to know what happened to vistara we can tell you <laughs> we'll just commission him to write legends fan fiction <laughs> sure why not um i think actually michael stackpole has a patreon um i think it's michael stackpole well, yeah i think michael stackpole has a patreon where he um like where you can get some of his writing and stuff early. It's obviously not Star Wars related, but all right. So I think we have a book to talk about tonight. Uh, <laughs> what what is it? Solo Command. Yes, I didn't read it. No, me neither. Let's go all back right, to talking for... about. It. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Solo Command, as I said, uh, pretty simple. Solo commands a fleet that's trying to take down uh, Warlord Zinj. Kind of. I don't know, it's a fun book. I thought it was kind of inconsequential, but I guess we'll get to that later. It starts off... Excuse me. It starts off... Man, I'm so unprofessional. With... It's a Twi'lek, right? Trying to... Yeah, we get... uh, I think his last name is Ayan. E-Y-A-N. Where he gets his code phrase given to him, and he's going to try to assassinate Akbar. Who at the time is luckily... dancing, right? Yeah, he's dancing in the parlor. It's always uh, some sort of weird phrase like that. Like later on, Taldira gets told that uh, Wedge, Wedge is hopping, hopping on one leg, leg. and uh, luckily Akbar is in a meeting with Piggy, going over the <laughs> last battle, or going over the engagements with the one eighty first, giving his theory on, uh, or at least his notes on how the one eighty first or the false one eighty first, as we learn in this book, is uh, is acting in battle where they were fairly predictable. Yeah, uh, he thinks it's because they're just. Well, um, Piggy suggests it's because they're so well trained, but later, or because they're so good, I think. But later we learn that well, they half of their ships are droids, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So Piggy, they get attacked, 
and uh, Piggy almost dies um, by due to the assassinate. He gets shot, like, just straight up, he gets shot in the stomach, and he almost bleeds out. Kind of an interesting moment where he's, like, because Piggy's been, like, he's a genetically altered Gamorrean, so he's kind of, like, usually he's pretty reserved and, uh, you know, not like a Gamorrean, but when he's shot, he, like, gives into his uh, Gamorrean uh, instinct and, like, destroys this guy's head. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought... Uh for a few seconds that he actually was dead like i i, I was just like oh I, th- I thought he survived but i guess not but then yeah then it turned out he did so that was good oh yeah, yeah. reading that for the first time, i would have been pretty because i like i like peggy he's a good character we get to see a bit at the end of the book i forget i think it's the first rates in rate squadron there's that scene where he's like giving battlefield commands on the fly yeah, we get, to see that, we get to see that a bit at the very very end of this book i don't know i thought that was kind of cool yeah peggy um, loved math yeah. Oh, yeah. He like just killing a an enemy combatant. He's like, Piggy loved math. <laughs> but uh, who do you think's thicker, Piggy or Runt? Thicker is T H I C C. Yeah. Definitely Piggy. Piggy, right? Who do you think stronger though? Because like I feel like Runt's got that sort of lean horse strength. Piggy's definitely got more brute strength, but Piggy. I feel like Runt has more dexterity. But yeah, good call. Does Runt have hands? He must have hands, right? Yeah. But not like, not hooves. I think his feet are hooves. Okay. But he's wearing a, he's wearing a Stormtrooper mask at some point in Wraith Squadron, right? right? Yeah. So the, the, like, the pure I think the images have kind of over-exaggerated the degree to which he was meant to look like a horse. Well, there's the one picture that is literally just a picture (laughs) of a horse, and then there's the other one that's a lot more like Bothan. Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like if one was more official, it would probably be the more Bothan-esque one, rather than, like, literal horse. Well, the horse one's definitely newer, though, because I know the Bothan one you're talking about. I think the horse one's, like, one of the character books or something. (laughs) Or maybe even one of the encyclopedias. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe more recent, but I, I feel like uh, that that's something I'm willing to overlook for this particular case. I feel like he's just it. Pres- it does present a terrifying image though, because it's always talked about his like large, uh, square teeth, and like he's always like, I don't know, like drooling and stuff. Like they talk about like he's like drooling and stuff. It's like pretty, pretty creepy. You yeah. don't want. And later, he, like, gives it to that, uh, I forget the name of the, Shala, who's, like, known to be, uh, like, hand-to-hand, like, aficionado, is kind of getting her ass beat a little bit, and Runt just picks the guys up and just, like, cracks yeah. them. <laughs> and wrecks them. When they're on, uh, in that raid on, where was that? Cephalor. Uh, when they're all, like, burning up, he's, like, on fire and just wrecks everything Mm -hmm. this book actually had like a a few moments that i thought were kind of unsettling um the one part where like where tyria is like you know how she's like kind of developing her force powers Mm -hmm. in this book there's one part where they're about to break into like the the facility and she's like i can feel them watching and they're laughing i was like that's kind of creepy um and yeah just like the stuff with like the like the wedge is hopping on or wedge has a fake leg or whatever that stuff i don't know i thought it was pretty unsettling like not in a not in a bad way like in a good way unsettling in a good way well like in a well done yeah 
Uh, a lot of the Wraith stuff is a bit darker like that. Yeah. Where they start kind of getting the uh, the same plot armor, I feel like, that mm-hmm. uh, that Rogue had by the end. But like the stuff they go through is still pretty horrifying in some cases. Yeah. And like, it, it definitely comes across that they're supposed to be this squad of kind of broken people. Uh, yeah, the part like where they're Thanos. like being burnt is pretty... Like that's pretty. That's a pretty horrifying mission where they're like dropped in the incinerator and stuff. Yeah, the everything between uh, Donos with Lara right before then, mm-hmm. and basically right up until uh, the stuff that happens at Joseph at four, where the Rogue and Wraith pilots get activated by Gailey, whatever the 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 chef's name was. Everything oh, yeah. in between then is just kind of terrible and then it's okay for a little bit after that but then you get uh like donos almost blowing up face yeah to get to lara yeah yeah i i I agree star wars has this sort of problem though where like um physical and emotional like damage like that doesn't always last like from the emotional side a lot of it is just kind of hand waved away but, like, from mm-hmm. the physical side, they literally just will drop, hop in a back to tank. Like, I remember in Legacy of the Force when Luke, like, kicks the shit out of Jason and, like, lets him live. Like, he, like, breaks his nose and, like, you know, burns his scalp and breaks his legs and stuff. It's like, okay, sweet. Like, he's going to be a changed character. But it's like, nope. He hops in a back to tank. Same yeah, back to that. just a get-out-of-jail-free card for everyone yeah. but Ton. Yeah, exactly. And in this, it's like they're in the... Uh, they're getting in the incinerator. They're in the incinerator, which is a pretty horrific scene because, like, like no matter what, like they've got flames shooting at them. They're like, if they touch the surface, they're like catching fire. Like, um, Runt has half his fur burnt off and whatnot. But you just know, as long as they make it out, they'll get in the back to tank and they'll be fine. Yeah, I actually thought uh, Jansen was hurt a lot worse than he was on the Disfet stuff right after they come out of the incinerator. They fight Netbers and some stormtroopers, and Netbers is supposed to be like fantastic at everything he does, but even the half dead burnt Wraith Squadron just kills him. Yeah. And like Jansen gets shot or something during that fight, uh, and it, it's kind of unclear at the end of his section. Like it's seemingly implying that he is either dead or unconscious, but then the next scene they're with uh, that set of Wraiths, he's just fine. Yeah, he seemed to be pretty pretty pissed too like he like yeah jansen has like two modes he's got like clown mode and then he's got like kill everything mode i love clown mode jansen that's probably my favorite character in the wraith squadron books and he's consistently funny i I think not quite as funny in this book as he was last time but still really funny yeah the the jumping on the bed was great yeah his uh you mean the uh you mean rogue squad or wraith squadrons um sophisticated mental health programs yeah <laughs> you don't need a therapist you just need to have some fun he's like who should i go talk to first the medic or my fellow pilots he's like in wedge is like the pilots <laughs> <laughs> those other people that are also mentally damaged yeah and uh and they're West, responsible so- for your well-being and they should damn well know it Right, so for those who don't know, there's a character, Min, and his whole squad is wiped out, and he's still dealing with that, obviously, um, and uh, he almost has a mental break in this when he discovers that uh, Lara, who he had a he had a bit of a crush on, um, 
and like kind of an aggressive crush too um there was definitely some level of assault there yeah yeah and west is like if you didn't get slapped you weren't trying hard enough that's not the message you want to impart no but yeah so uh he almost blows up the squad leader at that point face Yeah. And then the New Republic basically is saying to Wedge, you need to get rid of this guy. I was like, well, I still get to make my own decision and I'm going to let him think about it. And uh, I'll I'll make him the way I'm going to decide this is get literally anyone else, get him to convince <laughs> someone else to tell me he should stay and then he stays. And as far as I know, no one did that. Like we don't find out well, really what happened. It, doesn't he? I think not real. Like, doesn't he do it after the? Because uh, like he has to be Gunner on the Falcon, and then after that, doesn't Wes say something? He didn't maybe, seem like. Maybe not. I don't remember. Maybe he did, but it wasn't like a. To be honest, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Wedge's snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked Donos what he wants. What he wants his role to be in the battle, and then ideally, and. Donos is like, oh well, I'd want to be in my fighter, or I'd want to be in the Falcon, be, or the mm-hmm. the Falcon, or Falsehood. I prefer Falcon. Like uh, but then Wedge is like, okay, well, because you were honest with me, you get to be in your fighter. <laughs> Try not to <laughs> blow up face. <laughs> Try not to murder somebody. <laughs> what did you? Like, uh, what you'd think, think that face would get some sort of ability to weigh in on that but after he almost blows yeah. up we almost never hear from face again in the book yeah what did you think of face being made so face is made commander in this book because wedge moves back to rogue squadron what did you think of that i think he's the right choice i think it was supposed to set up like it was either him min or kel yeah and we've been kind of getting two books worth of wedge promoting face to see how or at least partially to kind of see how kel is going to react right. which just says that he's probably not what wedge sees as leadership material in the first place Mm -hmm. and cal gets about three lines between this and uh iron fist so yeah it was really surprising actually because they set him up to be like a pretty you know like the first book really sets him up to be a kind of major character and then yeah he doesn't really see a whole lot of action yeah he's supposed to be like the demo expert and hand-to-hand expert and then not much demo stuff comes up and Shala supplants him as the hand-to-hand expert in the last book. Mm-hmm. so, And we won't see him again until uh, New Jedi Order when they do the mission to Coruscant, mm-hmm. I think. To kill, Which uh, is... Sorry, go it's, ahead. Uh, it's it's the, the enemy lines when they go back to Coruscant yeah. and they run into... Uh, what's his name? Nyax? Hmm. But is... Uh, is Sarge Revenge, Starfighters Adamar both rogue uh yeah isard's revenge is yeah i'm pretty sure they're both rogue yeah and isard's revenge Mm. is like after like i think it's right after thrawn dies and then starfighters of adamar is i think it's like halfway through the callista stuff i think it's after the bug stuff hmm but i could be wrong i didn't didn't check yeah adamar is like right after dala takes over oh okay uh i think it's between dala and pelion at some point around there around the arena campaign mm-hmm. uh and then mercy kill is Way between later. yeah 
But yeah, I guess we don't really get much of any of the race other than Wedge for a long time. Well, we get we get a bit of Tycho. Um, hmm. Oh, you said any of the rates? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, rates are. What's his name? Kel Interior's son. Um, what's his name? He shows up occasionally because he's a Jedi. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, no, th- I think they use one of the fake names for him, like Doran. Doran Tainer? Could be. Yeah, Doran. But that's. Yeah, that's like. Oh, yeah, that's like his last. That's Kel's last name, right? Like his fake last yeah. name. Yeah, it was. Yeah, then, no, it was Doran Sarkentainer. Right, so and he they shows up, his... I'm pretty sure, in Legacy. And I know he shows up in Fate of the Jedi because I, I was just yeah. reading it and he has a duel with one of the Lost Tribes of the Sith guys. Good for him. Really making their way through the world there. Yeah, he kicks his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that part of the book is so funny because it's like they've let the Sith invade Coruscant. And, like, there's, like, thousands of them on the planet, and Luke has this plan to kill all of them. But technically, he won't attack unless they have cause to. So it'll be, like, he'll, like, basically be sending one of the Sith a text message, and it'll be, like, give up and stand up. And if they don't right away, it's, like, he drops a crane on them or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't Abeloth on the planet at that point, too? Uh, Yeah, she, she, she shows up, yeah. Coruscant has a lot of bad stuff happen to it after. I want to do a video about like how way. badly the Coruscant underworld gets messed up because when the Vong show up and they like bust the moon and stuff, Coruscant is like completely overgrown by like coral and creatures and stuff. Mm. And then Abeloth shows up and then like the uh, the creatures like get all warped by the dark side and stuff. And it's just like, it's like a hellhole. And they're like, yeah, there's there's nobody left. Like everyone is killed on in the course on underworld. There's this giant evil presence down there, but as long as we don't look at it, then we'll be yeah. fine. Well, one of the plot lines in Fate of the Jedi is there's a documentary series on the TV about how shitty the course on underworld has gotten. <laughs> Fate of the Jedi two, or yeah, Fate of the Jedi also has this: the Sith start their own news station on Coruscant. <laughs> I really need to reread that. Oh, it's been so, so long. <laughs> just like it's like Fox News, basically, but it's like they say that the Jedi have been trying to. Uh, they're trying to attack the Sith because the Jedi are involved in a system-wide um, spice smuggling ste- uh, scheme. <laughs> well, with uh, Booster and Talon, who knows what the Jedi are involved with? That's true. Talon actually has like a one-line appearance in the whole Fate of the Jedi. Like Luke's going away party when he, when he gets his ass kicked out of the temple off Coruscant. It's like he's there for two seconds. <laughs> I just love how like anyone who's worth anything in the galaxy just happens to know each other. Yeah, and they're like best friends. I was even thinking about that during this book, where it talks about how close like Wedge and Han and Leia are. Yeah. But if you look at the actual timeline, at what point did any of them actually spend that much time together? Some cold nights together on Hoth, maybe. That must be it. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, because, right, because Wedge would have had, like, maybe when they were over at Bakura. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but like, even I, with that, they're I, talking about, like, like Truce of Bakura has a lot of scenes with Wedge and Leia about how they're, like, such old friends now. Yeah. And there's actually very few stories that have them interact that much. 
Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think here, right, though. They do quite a bit later on, like, Wedge yeah. is always around, but... yeah. By that point, like, Chief of State and high-ranking general doing office work instead of, like, being deployed for months or years on end. I feel like Wedge just has no friends, so, like, he's just totally misreading their relationship. Like, he comes up to Leia, and, like, I think it's X-Wing, and he's, like, telling her all this shit. He's like, oh, I don't think I'll ever settle down. And Leia's just like, dude, like, I, I met you for 25 <laughs> minutes on Hoth. We, like, brush shoulders in a corridor, like, back off. <laughs> Didn't my brother call you stupid at some point? <laughs> Who are you? Didn't you look completely different at one point? He's <laughs> <laughs> just a background character that got some extra lines. Yeah. Well, we actually early on we do see uh, on their last shore leave before they're leaving the or before Mon Ramonda leaves repairs, mm-hmm. uh, Wedge is going for a date where, or we think he's going for a date, and by we I mean uh, yeah. Hobby and uh, Jansen. Jansen. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of corner him. He's all dressed up, and because in the Rogue Squadron books he was kind of hitting on Iella. Uh, Who's until, the least attractive of all the women. Well, we, we don't have time to pull out the whole chart here, but... Uh, <laughs> and we, we don't even really know where all the wraiths fit on onto that chart, either. Uh, this book tells us that Kel is number two behind Faze. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is that... Does that include before Face gets the surgery, though? Or the, the back to strip? The band-aid would put be, on his face for demasculate of his car? It was after. Okay. Yeah. So... Before then, we don't know. Mm, I shrugged. You guys can't see. <laughs> Great. That's the best uh, response for a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime I go, I don't know, just I'm shrugging. Uh, but yeah, so any any theories on who Wedge was going to meet there? Was that Iella? Do we oh, care? Probably. Maybe he was like, I don't know. Those Corellians, who knows? I'm trying to remember. It, Winter's in one of the earlier books, right? Uh, she's in Wedge's Gamble at the very right on Coruscant, right? Yeah, because yeah. they started like going with her and Tycho there. I thought it was kind of weird that they kind of just totally dropped Mirax. Well, I I think that's just while they're deployed. Because yeah. I I thought about that too, but she wouldn't have the same clearances like actually be on uh, Mondo while they're on station duty no. or on carrier yeah, duty. That's true. Because they actually mentioned that in the book where you guys have been on carrier duty for so long now, yeah. rogues and wraiths are probably going to get uh, planet duty, or wraiths are actually going to get reassigned to New Republic yeah. Intelligence by the end of this. But Yeah, I was thinking like it would have been nice if she had stopped by that asteroid base they have in the last book, just <laughs> for some supplies, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, that's you book, want to that's see book me one, I guess. <laughs> I don't care about the pulsar skate. Maybe she did. We don't know maybe. what the yeah, rogues are really up to. That's my headcanon now. She brought them all a jar of, what do they call the Corellian cakes again? Spice cakes? Mm. And Corellian brandy. Loman ale. Yeah. Uh, so I I guess uh, after the assassination. Assassination. All right, I'm going to be Sean Connery for the rest of the podcast. Uh, we get a simulation run by Face and Lara, uh, where they're trying to adopt or adapt their tactics for mixed squadron runs. Holy shit, we're uh, really covering the minute details here. But uh, well, I, I'm trying to 
no, go down the line. But uh, after that, we get introduced to the new character uh, for this book, Alisar Targon. Who specifically is who is he replacing? I guess uh, Wedge. Probably Grinder. No, because he replaces Wedge before Wedge. Um, right. Uh, it's probably Grinder. Oh, uh, Don Caston, everyone's least favorite character ever. Oh yeah, of course. Because he already replaced Grinder. Right. And then his grinder's been dead be, for two books now. Could be Ton. He could be replacing Ton. Uh, that's true. No one well, someone's Ton in my heart, though. Yeah, he gets mentioned in this book, and it's great. Yeah. But uh, I we should just talk about that. But uh, LSR comes in. He's calm at first, and then he becomes the most annoying character in <laughs> yeah Star Wars history. Yeah. Uh, what like did the you think about? He's like had his first beer. Um. Because it's like, you're not crazy enough to be part of Wraith Squadron. Well, let me never shut up for the next 300 pages. Yeah, he, like, jumps up on the table and, like, whips his dong out, I think is what they say. (laughs) That is what they say, right? Shows them his master of the universe. Yeah. Shows him his little Deveronian. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. That's what I remember. Want to see some Celestian Dewflaps, guys? I I was sleepy during that part. I could have misremembered. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know what you were reading but maybe it was the fan fiction oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my bad uh osr does replace fan okay we're thanks Corey. you're welcome in chat not you I, there was no well, e what about there? don calypso too thank you Corey and don calypso yeah he was a nutcase and he's always just like throwing in like little jibes to like make them seem really like oh man the rates are so crazy and energetic it's yeah he just overdoes it entirely, yeah, and yeah. then he, like, he seems to get really uh, quickly into the social life of the life of the race. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the after Face gets appointed the squad leader, they all go into his room, and it's like Lara, Dia, and uh, Targon for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, making yeah. friends. Good for him. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. Listen, the man is, you know, he's social. It's weird to think about how quick the time span for these books is. Because yeah. I think it's like three months that Akbar says they have before their bed is up. Yeah. And Han says that he's only been chasing Zins for five months. So the last three books, it's like a month each book. And that's yeah. all happens very fast. We're like, it's taking us as long to read the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think uh, we're about half of real time right now. We're too close to a uh, pulsar or something. But yeah, so Wedge uh, forces Hobby and Jansen to walk into the back of an elevator and sends them away while he goes on his date. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the rest of the squad wants to go down to the surface and take Alassar to the... Uh, to the museum that we probably the same one that was mentioned in Wedge's Gamble, uh, where everyone's been kind on of reappropriated, on. I think. Yeah, they're probably not keeping all the imperial propaganda there anymore, mm-hmm. unless there's like a wing just for that. That'd be interesting. Well, it seems like because the things are pretty brutal and they seem to be pretty anti-imperial. And at one point, someone mentions it wasn't as unfair as it could have been, or something, or like mm-hmm. it wasn't as you know. Uh, we do get the ice heart display. Uh, and we get a lot of information about Ice Heart there, but what uh, the question I was still left with, uh, let me know if you're going to predict what this question is. Maybe we're on the same page here. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
there was all this information about her. We hear about how Faye sat on her lap at some point. Uh, but the burning question for me was, what color are her eyes? And are they the same color? Again, just based on the duality of her personality and the fact that sometimes she has an angry fury and sometimes she's got a more cold, stoic fury, I'm going to guess probably mm. not. Okay. Is that joke done is... now? I don't think so. Okay. For now. <laughs> it's Sarge Revenge. It'll be back with a vengeance. I basically but... gave the same line as last time, though. I was reading a text, so I had to... That's fine. <laughs> uh... <laughs> we do run into Adalia Monothier. Uh, oh, or yeah. the guy who thinks that Lara is Adalia Monothier. Is she somebody? She is Lara's mom. But like, is she in anything else? Like, could we have like we have recognized her name before this point? Probably not. Uh, I don't think before this point, but I'm sure she got a backstory, didn't she? Yeah, she got a. Uh, oh, she, she was... got a whole a whole nope. story in the uh, tales of the Mon Ramona Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually mentioned in the complete Star Wars encyclopedia. Everything uh, so was mentioned in that. Literally go. everything. Yeah, it was more extensive than I thought. Oh yeah, I've got, a, I've got a copy. It's huge. I didn't realize. I didn't realize how late it came out. So I'm. Oh yeah, it was like 2008 or 2009, I think. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was 2012. Actually, it was pretty late. I might have to order one too. I have an ebook version of it, but yeah, me too. It's annoying because it comes in like three parts, though. Mm. Well, that's like most encyclopedias. Otherwise, it would be I don't know my alphabet either, so it makes it all really difficult. Oh, that's that's rough. Yeah. Uh, so we get into the ambush at Levian. Mm. This is the first engagement we get between Han's fleet and Zinj's fleet. Uh, they start off like kind of even, where Monromanda is fighting the first group, and then like slowly over the course of the battle, the other two groups show up. And they're trying to run. Uh, and this is where I believe the famous call between Zinj and Chewbacca happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, well, yeah, so Han is like just thinking of ways to like insult Zinj basically. And he does it by having Chewbacca answer the phone. Chewbacca's not even like a commissioned officer or anything. He's just like, he's just, no, he's just allowed to hang around. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny. And then. I don't think he says kiss my Wookiee here, does he? Or does he, he? I know he says it later for sure. And then he says it, you know. Yeah, I thought it was when... Uh, no, because, yeah, it, Chewie's on the phone with him the whole time this time. So it'd be right. a different time. Uh, but the only real notable thing that happens in this battle is the destruction of the Carrick. Uh, I don't know if there was any like military strategy you pulled out of that. That was fantastic. Mm, not really. I mean... I don't remember. Is this the battle where the Monromonda gets like nearly destroyed by like a laser barrage because it doesn't have his shields up? Or no, that's later on. No, that's when the A-wing. Yeah, right. That's later on. Um, no, I mean this book is like all three books in this series are kind of like the capital ships never really do anything to each other. They kind of mm-hmm. just like chug it out. Um, the R- Solo Command does manage to take down a few of their smaller frigates and a couple of star destroyers too. I think. Um, but it's just mostly yeah the ones that are doing the well the ones that are doing the run for Stellar Web Rogress's flagship they get taken apart by Solo's uh, ISDs and then Rogress does a cool little maneuver uh, but that's one of the later yeah yeah he uses the gravity wells to like 
Don't they Bumper capture cars those ISDs too? I think. Or they capture one of them? Because he's like, send a command crew over. Mm. I think they get one of them. Kind of cool. Uh, Serpent Smile? Mm-hmm. I think it would have been cool to have one of these books um, have the crew on an ISD. So like Star Wars ISD solo yeah. command? Yeah. Do we really get any of those? I don't... Air Adventure. You get Air Adventure stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, well the Thrawn, new, new canon Thrawn is really like that. Like the new canon yeah. Thrawn books are like they like talk about the politics of who gets to launch from the shuttle bays the quickest. Yeah, Thrawn trilogy and duology are kind of probably the closest we get to that. Other than that, like anything by Zan. I'm trying to think, there's outbound be... flight has a bit of it. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. One thing I noticed when going through my copy of Courtship is uh what i had never seen before was the thrawn trilogy was the empire trilogy i was not oh. aware of that or i, I may have been aware that of that but i would definitely forgotten that if that's hmm. the empire trilogy yeah because hmm. like because it's heir to the empire i guess uh i guess at that point it was like the only book that had a lot of imperial right side of things it's like that trilogy, Trusa Bakura, Courtship, Jedi Academy Trilogy, Crystal Star, Amish Acarelia, and new in hardcover, Children of the Jedi. I'm going to pull a copy right here, too. Let's see, what do I got? I've got Jedi Search right here. First edition, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. I have a copy of the manuscript signed by so this... Barbara Hambly. What? What? No, I'm joking. That would be pretty cool. If you do get that, I'll pay you for it. I have a uh, the initial sentence where she wrote jizz box the first time. <laughs> that is a Star Wars term. That's not of her career. This wasn't first edition. Never mind. Oh well, it's got it's got all the X wing stuff in the front cover. But um, I guess we do get a bit of Star Destroyer stuff with Gera and Legacy yeah. of the Forest. They spent a lot of time on the Anakin Solo, so. Mm. What a terrible name for us. That was it's just like, pure disrespect. There's the Anakin Solo. There's the Obi-Wan. Isn't the Obi-Wan an Endurance, I think? Uh, I think it was in Nebula, because there was Nebula. the whole thing about how, well, actually it was the first one of the class, so really it should be called the right. Obi-Wan class. Right. And that whole kerfuffle. And there's the... But, we, I know we've talked about this before, the Elagos Akla. The worst name for a Star Destroyer of all time. Yeah, let's name it after a pacifist. Admiral Akbar. Okay, I get it. I get it. Even the Han Solo Star Destroyer? Sure. But yeah. Although, I mean, Anakin didn't die to the Empire, so I guess that helps a little bit. No, I just mean, like, Jason's use of it was... Oh, yeah. Well, there's a bit in... Oh, yeah, Jason's use of it. But there's a bit in uh, Legacy of the Force 2 where Han's like, You named a Star Destroyer after my boy? (laughs) That's exactly how he said it, too. Yep. You should actually have replaced uh, Harrison Ford as Young Hong Solo. They asked me, but I was too busy with my YouTube channel. Like, uh, the one they got was really good. I actually really loved him in Solo, but just that performance right there alone, you you would have been. Well, they were even like, "Do you want to do ADR for it? Like that way you can record it from your office." And I was like, "Like I'm kind of busy." They were gonna David Prowse him. Yeah. Damn. Well, no, they were going to shoot the entire movie from over his shoulder, so it wouldn't, okay. have, been, it wouldn't have been an issue. 
That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so we jump from leaving an ambush to them having their planning session on Mon Ramonda, trying to figure out how they're going to capture Zinch. And I like that they're part of this fleet, uh, but pretty much every plan that gets executed by the fleet is just from the Starfighter Command on this one ship. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact like, that Han's involved we'll in it. Yeah, the fact that Han's involved in it is a surprise to everyone when he yeah. turns around in the chair. How are they a bunch of like super skilled commandos if they don't have even the basic security sense to check a turned around chair? Let's be honest. Han fucking stinks, too. All he does <laughs> is drink Carillion whiskey, hang around with a walking carpet, and like not shower because he hasn't seen Princess Leia in six months. You're telling me you can't notice that very particular stank from across the room? <laughs> <laughs> don't believe it i i didn't watch uh the original trilogy in smell vision so i i'll take your word for it but such a fake fan Corey. hey i'm just here for the views fair enough these, these are basically just long videos we don't need to edit so <laughs> no script well actually uh spend more time on the notes for these than scripting and the end result is just a bunch of tangents I love how so. one of the notes is hiding in egg chair. <laughs> That's what he was doing. <laughs> Plan and, to uh, offer him solo, hiding in egg chair, Millennium Falsehood. Millennium Falcon is better. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the plan. The millennium. We should raffle off rights to the to the script script to the notes for each episode. That would be well, our one hundred and fifty dollar no Patreon. <laughs> literally no one would buy them. <laughs> I could give a hand hand written version that we all signed, and you know, maybe get a buck and a half for it at a fan convention. <laughs> when we get our Star Wars celebration panel with all the other podcasts, yeah, maybe someday. Well, being called shills for this community, but don't even get an invite in galaxies. Listen, Corey, I've been busting my ass on this podcast. Uh, it took me three days to read this book. I've been busting my ass for three days. God damn. Okay, if you could just stop swearing, please. That's my job. Anyway, uh, I'm just getting ready for burrito cart later. Getting the vocal um, cords. Moist. Yeah, so the, the, the great plan that the, uh, that the Rogue and Wraith Squadron members come up with yeah, it's not even the four squads. It's just Rogue and Wraith get to decide what everyone does. This is a this is a definite problem. But everyone uh, else dies too. Yeah. Okay, like we lost all Polarm Squadron. <laughs> Great job, guys. It was too hard to remember their names. <laughs> I didn't want to write them anymore. They're gone. The intro was getting too long. <laughs> Dramatis Personae takes up the first hundred and fifty pages as he exhaustively lists all two hundred and forty fighter pilots. <laughs> But they decide that the best way to handle uh, luring out Zinge is by trying to trick him into thinking that Han Solo is out and about on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, kind of the same way that uh, Runt and Cal did. And I forget what the name of that squad was at the time, but Runt gets very indignant about it, and it was a kind of a great moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm sad I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I don't that's one of the things that makes Alasar so much worse is that Runt has those moments of over-the-top weirdness, but it's actually funny. Yeah. And then Alasar just kind of says something douchey. He's just like that, like, I like the, the spork guy, like, you know, like, 
Dinner Squadron. Thank you. Oh yeah, just like edgy and like weird to be weird, like yeah, making dragon noises and stuff. <laughs> He's just overcompensating because uh, when you have Wraith Squadron tell you, "Are you really weird enough to be part of us?" What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna overcompensate like that. So I can't hold it against him. I can't, but, but whatever. <laughs> But yeah, um, so Han spins around like, I love the plan. And everyone's shocked. Everyone's like, I don't know why he's Richard Han, Nixon stink. now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the plan. I don't remember Han using any racial slurs. So he, doesn't uh, he actually basically does in the next scene when he's asking Wedge how he feels about Twi'leks. <laughs> so let's <laughs> yeah, put a hold on that there, Justin. <laughs> Damn, he is Richard Nixon. I've been putting all the sh- all the spy equipment in. Keep going. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's really just a bad impression of Billy West doing Richard Nixon. At the end, where he um, lets uh, what's her name go, Gara go, just because he likes her. That's a very Nixonian thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I like how there's that like uh, comms officer. I guess he would be. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Gara Pedithel. No, it's not. Yes, it is, guys. No, Look, it's her. No, no, listen, listen. No. I'll, I'll send Chewbacca up there. And Are we clear? God damn, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're going to they're gonna make a fake Millennium Falcon. And they decide that the best way to buy a rundown version of a YT-1300, which you have to assume are fairly cheap is to trade a fully stocked TIE Interceptor yeah. with a hyperdrive to this, like, junkyard dealer on Corellia, basically. Which, by the way, they hadn't even been using in battle, I don't think. There's been, like, faces, like, I really am uncomfortable with the fact that if I get shot once, I'm dead. And Wedge is like, well, that's all we gotta do. Like, we gotta go with what we have. And he's like, well, we got this shielded TIE Interceptor right over there. Wedge is like, you never no. know. <laughs> We're going to sell that for something much worse. It's like, hot date later. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, they also have, it also has a hyperdrive, which would be, like, incredibly useful because, like, the X-Wings can, like, do strike missions. Like, they can jump away from their carriers and do missions. The TIE Interceptors can't do that. Yeah. Like, they even mentioned it in the book, like, this is a really bad trade we've made. It's like, well, actually, we didn't just trade it for this piece of crap. We traded it for a chance to strike its inch. It was like, yeah, that's great, but you could have also traded something worth less to do that. Or you could have just flown over and grabbed the Millennium Falcon from Hapes. <laughs> it's like, it's in Leia's Star Destroyer. Like, just use the real Millennium Falcon. Or just tell the New Republic, hey, you've given me all these capital ships for this small price. I could... Like, they've got to have a freighter they can appropriate from somewhere yeah. without trading, like, a really good starfighter for. Agreed. Especially when they're talking about how, like, they can't even replace the X-Wings that are damaged or lost. So, to keep that fighter on hand. Yeah, it's like all they're doing is hunting down, like, the largest, most important war- warlord there is right now. Like, give them some goddamn resources, please. Yeah, it, you don't sell that much of, like, high-tech military equipment... To that junk dealer. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is like, like if the United States military needed a Ford Fiesta for some reason, but a really <laughs> bad one, and they took a like fully kitted out tank, <laughs> traded it to some junk dealer, and like, 
well, we, we needed this car. It's like, uh, great, you needed the car. You also needed the tank. And now this guy you could have gotten Seattle. both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it, it makes absolutely no sense. You know what also doesn't make sense? We're three books. We just read three Ray Squadron books. We didn't get a single use of the word tap cap. That's true. Uh, I was also tracking like odd mentions of odds, and it came up twice in this book where I think Wedge and Han both said it would be really stupid for me to care about odds right now, even though I'm Corellian. It's like, damn, you're really going to do that to Stackpole? Yeah, you playing Stackpole like that big time. Um, Maybe it wasn't a great working relationship. Maybe that's why we don't see too much about it. You know what? You know what else we don't see? One of my favorite characters. In the race in the Rogue Squadron books, one of my favorite tertiary characters, Zray. He's the Verpine like mm. maintenance guy. We don't even get Cubberdane anymore, though. Oh, that's right, we don't. Well, he's like he... just he's mentioned as being on the Falcon at some point. Uh... But Zray's not even there because at one point, remember, he like they like summon the Twi'lek, who's like the maintenance like mm. chief for the Rogues. Like, what about Zray? Like. Like, like Zray was the one painting the X-Wings, like, every two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's, like, if he got a promotion or what. He's a bug. What? How do you promote a bug? <laughs> okay, that's racist. The Swarm War changed me, man. It's not my fault. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Cover gets mentioned. Zray doesn't. But we don't get any, like, actual screen time for Cover. Mm-hmm. Like... Every secondary and tertiary character gets kind of thrown out, except for Squeaky. Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. We get Squeaky's um, quest for Chewbacca's approval, where you think yeah. like they hate each other at first, but then at one point Chewbacca says like "good job" to him, and Squeaky just basically falls in love. It was it's, pretty good. It's the same with kind of Chewie in in three PO. Like Chewie pretends to be annoyed by three PO all the time, but then like he's the only one trying to put him back together. Yeah. Um, we don't really see Entry, do we? Uh, he gets mentioned as like a possibility to come along on the on the trip with them or on the yeah. Falcon, Falcon, yeah. Falsehood. Mm-hmm. But because he loses that, he doesn't show up anymore. Right. I think he's That's also what? mentioned as being like instrumental in being able to get the YT thirteen hundred. Right, because uh, they mentioned that he used to be better, but they took some of his protocols away. Yeah. Rip. But, so maybe that's why they got such a crap deal on the YT-1300? Yeah. He doesn't know how to do it anymore? They should have just stole one. Yeah. Like, seriously, just steal one. Well, Zinja's whole thing is that he he's good with intel. So, you'd think that this shielded interceptor would come up on his radar <laughs> as private ownership on Corellia when he's looking into these YT thirteen hundreds. Like he should he should see this coming. He claims to be good at Intel. He's kinda of shit though. Well he like, lets uh Gare onto the ship with a good reason to. She yeah. has shown time and time again to be reliable. Yeah. For him. Of course. She's never double crossed or not responded to his call or anything like that so he's never been complicit in the murder of two of his agents yeah when she was could have just as easily killed min but she likes him she wants to kiss him oh well eventually but at first he doesn't and he doesn't listen 
Consent and forceful. <laughs> Doesn't find that not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do they end up together? Uh, yeah, they have kids in. Ooh. Yeah, in Mercy Kill, they get mentioned once again. Where uh, she disappears after this, sends the message back to the fleet. They pass it to Donos, and he goes and lives with her on Corellia. Hmm. Corellia is not really the kind of place where I would, like, lay low. Hmm. It's like, unless she's in one of the uh, Salonian sex pits. <laughs> uh, it is, no, wait, is it, it is the Salonians that have sex pits, right? I, I don't know. Do they? What do, you, what do you mean you don't know? I just roleplay as one, but not in that way. I find that really hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that the line's never been crossed, Corey. Look, uh, the streams are out there for all of our roleplaying sessions, and all, all of, of them, them are appropriate. Yes. I don't roll all for that them. kind of initiative. That's why I gotta change my goddamn YouTube, YouTube picture. Everyone's like, are you a furry? I think this has come up every single episode of the podcast, so uh, it like, seems no. to really be bothering you. It does bother me. <laughs> now you're just trying to project onto me. Oh, I just, I just remembered I was looking through my notes. The part where um, Netburz is killed is pretty brutal because it's like he felt something in his neck explode. Yeah. Like, he throws him against a wall and his neck just like... He feels his shoulder blade break and stuff goes into his neck and then he gets thrown against the other wall and the rest of him breaks classic uh but yeah uh, that's actually the next mission uh so i guess we'll get to there the missions where... in this kind of they kind of uh to me at least like it's hard to remember the difference yeah, no i'm like not the... a furry video i'm not the uh the people listening to the podcast for this are going to be very confused about you yelling at a video. You're not a furry. <laughs> like, you're the one that clicked on the link. I don't know what to tell you. It's a guy's name in the chat. Didn't click any links. Corey, you're not helping. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, so we get a, a quick scene after this where uh, Han is asking Wedge how he feels about Twi'leks. Uh, Wedge says he trusts them all with his life, the ones in Rogue and Wraith Squadron. Uh, there's, I think, four active duty pilots, or three active duty pilots, plus Noara Ven, plus uh, the maintenance guy yeah. in uh, in Rogue Squadron that we just talked about, and Wedge thinks he's got nothing to worry about. Uh, little does he know. Mm-hmm. Then we get a scene with Doctors Bress and Gast, and Gast is like the worst person ever, yeah. uh, where Zin just trying to figure out what they know, but... Uh, gets gassed on board she shoots the other doctor mm-hmm. um she gets her just just desserts in the end though yeah that that is fantastic she kind of gets inglorious bastards yeah so did. she ends up in the next raid on Saflor where uh rogue and wraith are working together to break into the facility where piggy was raised uh where all the experiments on non-humans are happening and zin just carrying out uh, a lot of the stuff that he's using for projects, minefield and feed. It's like funeral, yeah. And there's another one too. Yeah, I can never remember which one is which, but Zinj, anything he's doing with non-humans basically happens there. Mm-hmm. And with all the talk about Lieutenant Ketch, the fake Ewok pilot, he's actually uh, going forward with that secretly on. Probably Iron Fist. because, like, it was my understanding that he probably was doing that after he heard yeah. Ketch, right? Okay. 
yeah, he was trying to recreate this because, uh, like, Cargan face as Cargan had told him about yeah. Catch, and he just right. wanted to see if it was possible. But yeah, they they actually did it. But that was on Iron Fist. Mm. Uh, so that was after Gast had started moving a lot of the labs up because mm. uh, they had turned the facility on Saflor into a giant trap. Uh, there, the rogues and wraiths are setting up to go into there. That's when they have another meeting where Face isn't using his resources properly. Uh, but then uh, they they kind of use a meteor shower, a fake meteor shower to get into the system, which seems like the kind of thing that the system should have data on. Yeah, agreed. It's but, like, do they not watch the sky? <laughs> they have space travel, but they, they're not aware of what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't, also don't really get the... I feel like they could have snuck in in better ways, but I guess they do that because they need the fighter support. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because like they end up using the X wings to like do a strike on the town. So yeah, as the the wraiths are supposed to be the ground team, and then you have the rogues coming in as the the air support, and it was going to be great, but they're not able to really contact the wraiths until much later. Yeah, but uh, yeah. this is when every one uh, of these Donna... books has like a mission like this where they have to sneak yeah. into some facility. All the Wraith Squadron books, anyway. It's like whether they sneak in on one to get the TIE Fighters or the TIE Interceptors. Um, they're just always doing shit like this. Yeah. I think this was actually the best I of them. I yeah. uh, But before it is when Donos realizes that he's in love with Lara and kisses her, even though she's like, no. Don't kiss stop. me. <laughs> Don't come near me. Yeah. This is creepy. Yeah, and then she like pushes him away and like never touch me again. And he's like walking away whistling like, yeah, that big yikes. He's not gonna yeah. be whistling when he's brought up in front of the Human Rights Commission of the New Republic. Yeah, like it it works for Donos because he is, not works for Donos. I mean, like as a thing that is written for a character to do mm-hmm. it because Donos is like just entirely broken. Yeah. Uh, but don't want to get anyone to have the idea here that what he did is in any way how you should proceed with life. It also has the kind of thing where, like, it's like the woman saving the broken man. You know? It's yeah. Kind of like it's kind of like a meme at this point. Like, yeah, I can fix you, even though she doesn't want yeah. to be anywhere near you, and she has very good reasons to not want to be anywhere near you. You almost killed somebody. Like, ch- chill. Yeah. And that was her too. <laughs> Uh, we start getting more about Tyria's Force Sense, too. Uh, yeah, I like where, that. I thought it was cool. Yeah, where she kind of figures out that they've turned the whole facility into uh, a like, trap for them. And she just, like, senses, like, dread coming from it as well, because it's, like, horrific experiments and stuff being done there. So she's just, like, getting sick to her stomach and whatnot. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, and Face decides, based on that, to switch her and Lara's positions in the right. in the teams where Lara was originally supposed to be inside, and Tyria was supposed to be on uh, on the roof with uh, Donos it's, watching her. And is that Targon as well? Yeah, it's Targon. Uh, so the other team's inside. We get to explore the base a bit. They almost die from an incinerator. Yeah, pretty terrible. We talked about a lot of that. That's when Netbers breaks and Jansen feels like he or seems like he was dead. Yeah, that's probably a sound that someone heard at that. Yeah, that's great. That's what Thank the audiobook you. would use. 
Uh, did you listen to the audiobook this time? or did I listened to like an time? hour of it. I didn't get to finish the thing. Mm. So that's like a third of it. Uh, so yeah, after that, Face and Wedge have a debriefing. Mm-hmm. Face feels okay about the mission. What do you think about Face's progression through the books? Because this is really one of the last times we hear from Face. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, in this book, he's kind of dropped the whole blame for... Because the last book... I don't know. He kind of has, a, like, an un... Some characters blame themselves for things that they should. Like, um, Gara or whatever... Whoever wants to call herself. She blamed herself for murdering 11 people plus... Um, Min, you know, blamed himself for letting his squad die. Everyone has their problems. His is basically just that he hel- accidentally helped the Empire when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, which is, like, interesting. But by this point, he's kind of... Part of it is the fact that Tan is dead. He's a lot more serious. Uh, he's a lot less joking. But he still doesn't really get the intricacies of command. But I guess he does a good job of, like, listening to his subordinates and, like, taking their... Um, advice their sage yeah. counsel into consideration yeah it's kind of weird that like right before the mission one of the last things we have wedge say to him about it is like you're not using your resources well mm-hmm. and then the mission almost goes to shit and then it's like yeah i feel okay about this which like his explanation for it works but it just seems like a weird place to kind of end his story yeah uh, especially when you get the stuff that happens with min later like, you'd think that would involve some sort of leadership stepping up from Face afterwards if Min was going to be reintegrated. Yeah. Uh, but we never hear how Face feels about getting almost blown up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of problems like these missions, like, you, they don't really feel like accomplishment. The only thing that you really feel happening, I guess this one they do capture the scientist, but otherwise it's just like they manage to take down a couple of ships or whatever, you know? Yeah. At least for this book one of the problems i had this isn't anywhere near like it's not as meandering as like krytos trap is or anything but yeah yeah Yeah, ultimately like the big win in this book is that they think they've destroyed iron fist but they've actually just destroyed the ship they destroyed at the end of the last book yeah exactly uh but yeah so i guess we go from that to the justifet battle yeah, one thing I want to talk about is the way... Because we, we learned a bit more... You mentioned this last... Oh, almost dropped my Kindle. You mentioned this a bit last episode about like how Zinj portrays himself. Like he's fat and he's got you know, a mustache and whatnot. Um, it says something about like how... Here, I got, I got the thing right here. <clears throat> he was not a tall man, nor was he physically impressive. He was as round as any merchant gorman. And his exaggerated bandit-style mustachios suggested that his self-image was quite different from the image he projected, which I think is a nice, like, that kind of, that's what you think anyways, because the white Grand Admiral's uniform he wore, blah, 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 uh, only he knew how many of these attributes were affection or affectations, false clues to persuade his enemies and superiors and subordinates to come to correct conclusions about him, incorrect conclusions about him, sorry. So he basically has set himself up to be underestimated, um, I just, like, imagine him, like, eating, eating like, a roast beef sandwich and, like, purposefully, like, squirting a bit of mustard on his <laughs> Grand Admiral's uniform. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because he kind of, he tries to set himself up as someone uh, who you're supposed to think uh, cares about image, but doesn't care about image. Like, there's, like, three layers of, uh, basically, the Princess Bride, if you've ever seen that, the... Yeah. Uh, Iocane powder game uh, with yeah, Vizzini, yeah. where it's like, 
of course you would want me to think that i then but you would know that i would know that you're not to put that a smart man would never put the book but like zin just kind of doing that for a few different layers where he's presenting himself as this person who's going to be underestimated using the uh higher class whatever like grand admiral's uniform which how do you even find he's a large man (laughs) well he's got a custom i'm sure he has a tailor but uh, the then you have like the layer where it's oh how much of this is a front how much does he know is a front so does he actually care about the appearances or does he want you to think he cares about the appearances but uh, when he's losing at Vahaba the sec- I think it's Vahaba it might be at Salagas already but where he is like having uh, a sincere kind of uh, breakdown or yeah. is emotionally distraught about the fact that. Not just that he's losing Iron Fist, but that his reputation as someone who is impossible to yeah. beat on the battlefield is going to be gone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but he doesn't really show... I don't think he shows enough competence to back that up. You know what I mean? For me, like, what he does really well is building, like, his financial empire and whatnot. Mm-hmm. More so than actually combat. Um, because he gets his butt... Like, he doesn't inflict that much damage to Solo Kabir. Yeah. I don't think he takes no single capital ship. No, like his, he's always presented as being good because he's able to pick the the battlefield, the battlefield really well, and then he has all these other innovations, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of like you're supposed to assume from that that that's how he's expanded his territory. But every time we see him in a battle, he's either losing or running, playing very uh, conservatively. Yeah, yeah. Like we get, I guess we do get the one battle. Uh, I think that's the Levian raid where uh he does beat back han but i mean he also has an ssd so how much is he really he's got a huge advantage there that's where like han is like blast through uh he's got like three fleets worth of ships yeah and still doesn't destroy anything really right like he gets an ion shot off on one of the Mm -hmm. uh fighter pilots or one of the wraiths and that's it Part of that's the fact that the Mon Ramonda is basically written to be like a Jesus ship in this. Yeah. It doesn't have like a proper classification or anything, but it's just like, it's like their strongest Mon Cal Cruiser at this point. Yeah. Like it broadsides the Super Star Destroyer a few times. And and that's supposed to be like, I guess putting it up, uh, probably presumed to have been above Home 1 size and, or Home yeah. 1 class in size. Uh, because they mentioned like the one of the MC eighties, yeah. yeah, going under its belly for protection. Yeah. yeah. So there's the impression that Mon Ramonda is bigger than it actually ends up being as an MC eighty B, and this is when uh, Iron Fist was assumed to be seven kilometers mm-hmm. instead of. So it's a bit more 19. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the nineteen kilometers with like the size of the, it's like you think they always talk about two kilometer long targeting ranges in this. That means yeah. you can't hit the bridge of an IS of a Super Star Destroyer until you're like, you know, almost the entire way down. You know. Yeah, and like they kind of stick to that with the fighters, yeah. uh, and they talk about something with a one kilometer range uh, for engagement with capital ships too. And it's like even within the scope of the book, there's like that. That's shorter than most ships. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I guess we skipped over Mon Mothma's assassination attempt. Oh, yeah. The funny part of that is, like, she spends the, like, ten minutes before that happens, like, thinking about how ugly one of her, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I actually, that is one of my only notes on my phone while I was reading the book the first time. I was like, God, she's just laying into this guy, and then he's dead. 
Did you read the book twice, Corey? Well, I I read the book once, and then to make the notes, I skim through it. I asked this to I asked this to you before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like he would have been very homely without his beard. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> he wasn't even particularly competent. He could just remember things. So Mon Mothma kept him around. You're a mean bitch, Mon Mothma. <laughs> yeah, she's just she's just horrible in this. Also, it's what the third character now with like a savant style memory. We've got Winter. We've got um, what's his name? The uh, Imperial from first. Uh, movie. yeah, Curtain. Yeah, Curtain Lore. No, this guy. Classic uh, Star Wars characters having weird traits like that. I'm sure there's more too. <laughs> I like how she's uh got the the person like oh I. Uh, I need a moment of your time. I need to show you something. Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to remember this for long? <laughs> what is... What? Like, like, relax on the coffee. Like, like we get it. You're tired. Okay? She doesn't even say hi to the other guys. Like, yeah, uh, like Ma- she- hey, Mothma, this is your thing for the day. Do you think I care about my schedule when I haven't had my coffee yet? Like, Jesus, lady, chill I want to speak like, to your manager. You can make your own coffee. Like, <laughs> goddamn chief of state. <laughs> Call Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber. He'll heat it up for you. <laughs> there, there has to be a Jedi who's done that. Oh yeah, for the sure. stick. <laughs> I like the sound effect. There, for uh, for when the the video goes up, you can actually see me sticking the. Yeah, it, there's sound, there's movement, but I realized I'm not actually showing video to anyone right now, so there's nothing for that. How embarrassing. Um, <laughs> just a fit. Which one is that again? That is where uh, oh, that's Taldira where is turn. told that Wedge hops on one leg. And how could Wedge hop on one leg? He's supposed yeah, he just, to be an honorable <laughs> man. <laughs> he just gets so goddamn heated about it in his brain. He's just like sitting there fuming over the fact that Wedge hops on one leg. Um, that was kind of weird. Like the whole, it makes Zin have a very powerful weapon. I actually like how that was done. I don't like that it was... Uh, done off screen? Yeah, like, there, we're just supposed to accept that it's happened to basically every Twi'lek everywhere. Uh, right. Because like they got access to inject them or whatever they do, and they got access to activate them. How did them. they inject them, though? Like, do we know? They must have, like, captured Taldira and uh, Nero, uh-huh. uh, and I, I guess they weren't able to get to Tal- or Nuara because... Mm-hmm. Any sadness I had that Taldira was dead and that Tyria had to blow up another friend uh, mm. was just over. Uh, overshadowed by my relief that Noara was fine. Because oh, yeah. Noara is just the best. Yeah, Noara is the best, Twi'lek. Twi'lek. Because he's offering a, uh, a deal to Gast, who gets captured during the Saflor mm. raid. Uh, and I, I kind of, do you want to just resolve that plot? Yeah. So basically he's offering a deal. I I forget. Basically he wants to know how that project works. Murphy, shut up, bud. How that project works and how, um, the, I think the, also the other ones work and Murphy, can you shut up? Sorry. My dog is over here. snoring. And, uh, it's really rude. And, and it, (laughs) In exchange, she wants a million credits, I think, and basically just a new life. And the New Republic's like, we'll give you a five hundred or 250000 or something. 
because we're not making you rich. Uh, and they drop her off on Coruscant. I think it's Coruscant. Yeah, they like they pretend she or they kind of set it up as if she died in an assault during this battle, so no one knows she's alive except for Nawara. Yeah, and Nawara. Which I don't like, think was. I don't think that was planned though. Like, no, they just took advantage of that as like yeah. a a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So when they're dropping her off on Coruscant after, at the end of the book, they're like, "Do you want?" Uh, imperial credits or republic credits and she's like well she's an imperial so she's like yeah obviously imperial like bullshit ass republic credits and she's and, just uh, insulting Nawara the whole time for yeah. being subhuman she, like, scum basically yeah she's she's really a nasty nasty lady um and then when she's going through customs basically at a uh, coruscant they're like hey what's this bag and she's like well it's my bag full of money they're like these are imperial credits and uh i forget what what, what the charge is sedation or something or something weird uh she th- or at first the guy who works at customs is like, uh, we've got you for smuggling now. That's the only purpose. Is Noir like actually, uh, yeah. it's treason it's- or sedition. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's way worse than that. Um, so she's seeing like she's seeing twenty five to life. Um, basically, she, it was her own fault too. Yeah. She spits on Noara as he's she's being he dragged away, which is not which up. was not very cash money of her. nothing's very cash money of her anymore it's all gone that's that's true Uh, true. i i just loved that whole yeah it was it was cool she was Uh, she was funny because she was very like self-serving as well and she kind of like yeah she shoots the other uh doctor at the very beginning when she's introduced yeah all she had to say was that she wanted new republic credits and she would have been fine but noara and Noara would have found something to get her. Noara doesn't doesn't play any games. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's that was a big big ball move by Noara. I don't know what what Twi'leks have going on down there, but <laughs> presumably it's similar to whatever yeah. humans have going on, considering the number of relationships that seem to go all right and have babies out of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Jason from uh, New Canon. Jason, Jason from New Canon, uh, the family that Grease goes to, like yeah. I, they're not his kids, but they are uh, hybrid between. I got, I did a video on that. Got so many comments saying that they're actually not the the clones, and I, I never said they were the clones' kids. Hmm. Between this is really something that eats away at me. This and Yaddle, <laughs> where I did. Yaddle? Well, I did a video about uh, how a lot of the Jedi Council changed over the prequel movies because of, yeah. like, out-of-universe reasons where they oh, couldn't yeah, get yeah. the actors and actresses. Yep. And uh, I mentioned that Yaddle was one of the ones that stopped showing up after episode one uh-huh. and uh, that I wasn't sure what the uh, production reason for it was. Uh, and it might have just been that they didn't want to have it interfering with Yoda it might have been that they wanted to have them uh, all the Jedi fighting in the arena and they didn't want to overshadow Yoda's later fighting by showing Yaddle jumping around like that Uh, and so I got so many comments like well actually in uh, one of the young adult series Yaddle dies oh yeah that's why (laughs) it's like yeah that is the in-universe justification they came up for later Mm -hmm. but that book came out, out after Attack of the Clones and that's what I'm talking about. Why did yeah. they need to come up with that rationalization? Yeah. But anyways, that's that's my Star Wars therapy for the day. I should have gone to my squad mates first and told. You should have. Yeah. But I'm sorry. It, so. 
Oh man. No, I'm your wingman, aren't I? Yeah, I guess I guess I'm following the Wedge Antilles approach to therapy. Yep. We'll uh, have a whole episode about YouTube shenanigans someday. <laughs> and then we'll end our careers. Oh, I encountered I wonder if it's the same person. I encountered somebody who said, um, Uh, what's it called in fate of the jedi with uh that saba murdered kenth hamner i met someone on my youtube videos because i did a video about it uh was very very insistent that it was murder yeah i probably the same person which i thought was funny uh but yeah so corin horn blows up taldira who is trying to kill wedge for hopping on one leg uh but Taldir is not willing to shoot anyone but Wedge, which I feel like is a weird part. I guess they didn't have powerful enough uh, mind messing. Well, he thinks Wedge is like a traitor. Yeah. So, like, he, yeah, like operating so. within his existing kind of mental state, I guess. Yeah. Well, he could have just made it so that, like, anyone who's protecting Wedge is also a traitor. Yeah. But uh, uh, seems like that would have been more effective than have Taldir blow up everyone. But, but in the end, he kind of breaks his... Uh, he, like breaks his mind like his uh, whatever the the thing they're doing to him because he puts his rear shields off or his yeah. forward shields off and similar to um oh what's his name in one of the x-wing books um Caldera? no no the guy who's captured remember um who was it again um, in which it was um, it was Ayala's husband. Remember? Oh, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. remember, he does something too to break his programming, kind of at the end. Yeah, where he was like sort of fulfilling it, but he ends up like shooting Lord instead. Yeah. Like putting himself in a situation where he wouldn't be able to fulfill his programming's requirements. Right. Uh, so it's kind yeah, of like that. Similar. Yeah. Where Tyria gets to like go and chase. Neuro alone. Corin blows up Taldira. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of the Force sensitives. Uh, I like that too, because Corin like Corin detects it right before it happens. Yeah. Kind of. And does uh, does Tyria sense Neuro's weirdness, or is that when he's like flying directly at the bridge and then she senses it? I don't remember to be honest. Because this bridge. is where the bridge gets blown out. Yeah, it's one shot of like a... Not even like a, I don't even think it's a torpedo. It's just like he shoots it with his cannons. Yeah. I was like, expecting the way they resolved that being like... And then the shields went down. Or not like the, the shields, but like yeah. some sort of window shield goes down and closes over it. Which yeah, you'd think like, they'd have. They're just right. having like plexiglass be all that's standing there with no fail safes. Yeah, that's like... It's like people say, oh, well, in Star Wars... Actually, they're made out of transparent steel, so the uh, the windows are just as strong, in fact, as the rest of the ship. Yet, despite the fact in Revenge of the Sith, what does General Grievous do when he wants to escape the ship? He busts through the window. It's clearly, like, you know, easier to bust through a window than... So there should be some sort of fail-safe <laughs> in place. Yeah, it it's... Uh... Just, just have something that like closes down over the sh- over the window, like kind of like the hangar doors. Yeah, that's all I think you need. That's even what what hap- Isn't that what happens in uh, in episode three too? When Grievous pops out the window, doesn't I don't remember, but yeah. But instead, he almost pulls a uh, last Jedi Leia. Yeah. 
and uh, Onama and Han manage to pull themselves out with Chewie's help. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the crowd got just sucked into space for a terrible decompression death. I think actually a lot of them got out. Like there was only one person they named, and then it's like the sensor board guy died. Damn. Who's gonna read my Snapchats now? At the end of the book, when they're talking to, uh, or talking about the transmission that Lara sends, like, would you like what happened to the last one? <laughs> I might forget to put the shields down or put the shields up next battle. You never know. <laughs> Threatening them with gross incompetence. Yep. Uh, so next we have like the stellar web because Zinj just keeps getting away. They like. Because they still fight on the battle after that whole thing. Then Zinge gets away, and they keep almost getting Zinge. They do a little bit of damage. They get through the shields, even at the SSD, but they can't do a killing blow. So they reach out to uh, Terran. It's Terran Rogris of yeah. the Imperial Rem- Well, not the Remnant at this point, just the Empire. Um, and he agrees that he doesn't really lend them the Stellar Web because he's not like letting the New Republic crew it. He like sends the ship over under like his command yeah he's Um, actually switched his flag to that uh like the idea that they should work together comes from him after that raid Mm -hmm. uh and then it's later for like vahaba and uh salagus that they specifically they send face back to talk to him after face was the one that did the initial meet with him yeah uh where they're like oh he wants to talk to wedge or han but we're gonna send face because he we can he he recognizes face too which is kind of funny. Uh, Rogris is uh, not bad, other than... No, I like him. He was a good character. Yeah. Uh, and I We see more of him in Starfighters of Adamar as well. Oh, okay. Uh, where that's kind of him and Wedge, his their story. Right. Um, but there, at this point in the book, there's just a lot of the, the build-up for the final... Uh, for the final confrontation, where... Mm-hmm. They they meet Rogris. They start working together, at least trading some information. Uh, the rogues and wraiths try to have a brainstorming session on what's going on with the Twi'leks, and they successfully figure it out. Wedge sends a transmission to Aaron Kraken with their theories, saying that look for Bothans or Celestians that are going to. Uh, Kraken is like it. Do be like that. <laughs> Why doesn't Wedge come work for me? <laughs> yeah wedge is like this whole book's just like wedge is like could be doing way b- more important stuff <laughs> he's yeah. basically like made a completely successful arm of the new republic right now <laughs> uh and then we get a little bit about the creation of the millennium foehood mm-hmm. uh falsehood mm-hmm. folk it's like chewy it's just like chewy down there working on it <laughs> by himself yeah uh they get the uh Around this time, yeah, they get uh, you get another great scene between Zinj and Malvar, who need to be in some sort of in-universe sitcom. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're setting up the Millennium Falcon falsehood. Zinj and Malvar are setting up Second Death, so they're each setting up their fake contraptions there. Yeah. Uh, but now it's time for morale building, so everyone gets drunk and loses their minds. Uh, Except for the and their workers. rank badges. Uh, yeah, they've got us. Well. Wedge and Han are in, or not Wedge and guy who looks like one who looks like Wedge and one who looks like Han, uh, are very insistent that the Astromechs need to uh, like relax too. 
But they just fun. get him to serve drinks and run races. Yeah, but the astromechs seem to be down with it. Like, they're having fun. Yeah. And at one point, they're like... Because at one point, all the astromechs are, like, huddled in a corner, just, like, chatting. I'd always have a soft spot for astromechs. To me, they're kind of, like, almost like a dog. Like, yeah. Like, there's just something really cute about them. <laughs> like, at one point, I like how... Um, how uh, what's her name hugs her astromech too it's like her mm. best friend I, I like i get it like don't like him in, i like the scene in the, in the episode uh seven where like luke's watching his academy burn down he puts his hand on like r2 it's like yeah mm. and uh you get drunk corin yelling about how great whistler is <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that part is really funny he's just like whistler set up some too. obstacles i told you you could do it <laughs> I love that. It's just like they're all like really proud of their own astromech, and like Whistler is like Whistler's around for a while. Like he, I'm pretty sure he's pretty heavily an I Jedi, but so he's like Corn's like actual bro because he's been with him forever. He's got like messages mm-hmm. from like his dad and who knows whatever else on there. Yeah, a lot of the that's how a lot of the prequel stuff gets tied in with the later EU stuff, where some right. of the books were written beforehand. With yeah. all these messages from earlier, but then it's the books that were written afterwards, like the Swarm Fate War, of the Jedi we, and we Swarm a, War. Yeah, we get we get the thing with Luke finding out about Order sixty six and Swarm War. Yeah. I think because no one ever wiped R 2s memory, just three POs. Yeah, because there's that random. Which book is it that has Luke off to find his his so called mother among the fallen Aussie, and like that might have been compelling back then, but then it's was like that now. like Children of the Jedi or something? Uh, I think it's... Or in that the, trilogy? Yeah, it's. I think it's the third book in that trilogy. I can't remember. Mm. But, um... But, but like, back then, maybe it was going to be because no one knew who, like, Padme yeah. was. But now we know. And then, like, yeah, by Swarm War, Episode 3 came out. So there's, like, a whole part of that book of Luke unlocking, like, R2's hidden memories or whatever. And then... Yeah. There was no then, more, like, you have to be mysterious about this because it... Right. It was all out. Right. Which was, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that they had to do that, but mm-hmm. you can certainly tell a more cohesive story now. Could yeah. tell a more cohesive story. Um, when was I Jedi out? I think that was, it wasn't actually that long after the X-Wing stuff, was I'm it? I'm not sure. Um, I actually just got it. It's a big book. That is true. I Jedi was ninety eight, so okay. Yeah. yeah. So they might have had some of the information for Episode One by then. Uh, probably not. Hmm. No, I wouldn't think they had very much. Well, at least beats. When did Episode One come episode out? Ninety nine. Yeah, it was ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess they wouldn't necessarily have tied in with. Because like the much, the but... audiobooks for the uh, for like Vector Prime has a uh, has a, a advertisement for right. Have you ever speaking of have you ever seen the TV commercial for Vector Prime? I think I have. It's just like Luke it's narrating best... over some still images. Yeah. It's like yeah, I that faced the emperor, emperor. I faced great evils. It's like, but now I've got a challenge that will shake the galaxy to its core. We're going like, to drop a moon on Chewbacca. <laughs> he did one too for uh, Fate of the Jedi, one of the Fate of the Jedi books. I never realized until recently. Was it Mark Hamill? Uh, I don't I don't know if it was um, 
Mark Hamill who did the, I just meant there was a Fate of the Jedi trailer yeah. as well. I figure you could probably get like Billy D. Williams to do it, but Oh, for sure. Uh for sure you could. But yeah, so after the dance, that's when the Celestian raid fails and Kraken uh gets the wedge message. Hmm. But uh then we get the raid on Kidriff, which is where uh face has gotten his email with the uh information that he'd requested about uh laura's background and adalia monothier and puts it together that uh that she is an imperial agent or a former imperial agent so this battle is where they have their uh the showdown within wraith squadron right where wraith where first face is talking to uh wedge and then <laughs> he, to laura reply all yeah pretty much just that's what puts it all into action was he he means to calm laura that she's under arrest privately but he's still on the all squad channel yeah uh it's funny and, I, can, I can totally imagine that's like the most realistic thing that happens in these books. yeah it's like you screw up what you're talking to like just puts in the wrong Facebook Messenger conversation. <laughs> Corey's such a loser. Oh, I mean the other Corey. Corey. Uh... <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, so Wedge is like, yeah, you, you don't think you could have handled that better, but uh, Min hears that she's Garapetathol and just loses it yeah. and starts flying around trying to kill Lara. Face gets between them, and Min shoots his proton torpedo but detonates it before it collides with face. And that was like the one thing that saved him. Even though face got like seriously like, injured. Yeah. And he didn't, doesn't even really remember doing it. It's just like, he claims he doesn't remember doing yeah, it. True. Wedge kind of gets at the Like, do you actually, or are you trying to like shirk responsibility? Like you do for everything. Yeah, true. Uh, and we've already talked a lot about, uh, all that. So do you want to just talk about what Gara gets up to after this? She, Hyperspace oh, yeah. is away when she's supposed to be flying back to the ship. Yeah, so, knowing so that she's she not basically gets put under arrest and she's like, nah. And she jumps. I, I don't know. I think when she jumps, he's really not sure about what she's going to do. Yeah. Um, she eventually decides. So she jumps to the Iron Fist. She kind of like defects. She's like, has kind of like a little bit of a breakdown with all her personalities colliding and stuff. And then she eventually. I think after she gets in the Iron Fist, she's like, no, I'm with the Rogues or the Race. No. I think she'd already decided she wasn't, like, actually going to be Imperial anymore. So she decided that uh, the best way to uh, be who she she thought she wanted to be was to just destroy Zinj. Gotcha. Uh, Because, like, she's very clear with Face, like, I have never broken faith with the Wraiths. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had considered, like, just living on her own, but then... Okay, I must have misread that. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be, like... She's decided she can't live a normal life. She has to kill Zinj. It's probably going to kill her. And the best way she can do that is by uh, getting back into her role as Gera and infiltrating from the outside. Mm. Uh, but if she had just not jumped at that point, like if she hadn't left, she says it's like, oh, well, one of your officers has already fired on me. I don't trust that it won't happen again. Yeah. Is her excuse for leaving. But did you buy that? I think her other excuse was that even if that isn't the case, um, then I'll have to be court-martialed mm-hmm. and I'll never fly again anyway. And I, I do think that that's right because she only really gets free because at the end because Wedge doesn't turn her in. Mm-hmm. 
So, I, I, yeah, I, I do think I buy that. Well, Wedge and Han are talking about it. Like, the stuff that she's done, even though it was to help us, she did give away military secrets after she'd been uh, yeah, put on, like, after she'd been instructed to comply with orders. So, I feel like if she had stayed, she probably could have been, like, they probably could have worked it out. Wedge, at worst, probably could have just tried to do the same thing that he did with uh, mm-hmm. the plan to take down Repness, where it's like, oh, no, I already knew this. Uh, but it was imperative for uh, mission security that it not get out and then try to play it off that way. But uh, no, she kind of like cuts off any chance of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether. Yeah, I. I yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I don't know what would have happened. It's tough because she got eleven New Republic soldiers ki- or eleven New Republic pilots killed. So. Oh. Like, yeah, that might, that might be past the point where you can ignore, you know, even, yeah, she she probably made up for it, but, and she was just doing her job, but she was still a traitor, like, at the end of the day, you know? Well, she did that before she had left the Empire, too, and there were, yeah. like, they so kind of cover it in previous stuff, where, like, what you did as an Imperial, if they kicked people up for that, then half the New Republic military is probably gone. That's true. She's so, like, she took an active role, kind of, against the New Republic, like... From within, as a member of the New Republic, you know what I mean? Yeah, the fact that she didn't turn, she didn't disclose that at first and had kind of joined as a double agent, then decided to leave and gave away their mission details to Zinj about some stuff from, uh... I mean, she certainly redeemed herself, though. But, like, like, that's Han and Wedge's point. Like, she definitely did redeem herself. Um, Especially when they think she basically destroyed the Iron Fist. Yeah, uh, so I guess uh, really all that's left to talk about is her plan and the battles of mm-hmm. Vahaba and Salagus. Because we do get a few of the raids with uh, with the Falsehood, but they're all fairly similar, they're and it's just trying good. to lure Zinj out. There's a bit of stuff in there where uh, we get the 181st and Tetran Cowl, but mm-hmm. that's also kind of tied into what Gara is doing. So, uh, yeah, Gara's so, plan? Yeah, so Gara kind of like instigates a droid revolution on the ship not really a droid revolution but she kind of brings i I quite like it because like kind of hints at like just the crazy amount of like shit that's needed to make a super star destroyer work like so there's like thousands or tens of thousands of mouse droids on a super star destroyer her and her astromech are basically just capturing them and putting them to work like getting them in the hyperdrive getting them like in passing messages and stuff she's got like some really sophisticated systems where she can like access her her astromech from her workstation and stuff it's pretty crazy um and eventually she gets taken on by the 181st as well but she helps predict where uh han and the rest of solo command will be next she passes that on to zinge but she also tells the new republic that he knows so basically she's like saying hey there's gonna be a battle here if you show up although they don't really find out till after the first one yeah and so they, they, they kind of run down shot. a few different options for Tonin, her R2, to do. Yeah. Uh, where, at one point, Gara's like, can we even just make it self-destruct? Yeah. And, so, no, like, no. not that stupid. I feel uh, like they could have done something. Yeah. Like, hyperspace it into a star or something, or like... Well, she, she almost does that, where yeah. uh, for the Battle of Salagus and Vahaba... Uh, there's the initial battle at Vahaba where 
the where Zinj is supposed to be bringing in other battle groups from throughout his mm-hmm. systems, and uh, Gera and Tonin are able to get the the data for that. And even though they can't change the jump without people noticing, uh, what Tonin does is remove the data for Salagus from their from their archives. And if they're not in the archives, then it doesn't exist, as we know <laughs> from episode two. Um, and they kind of make it like jump either too far or not far enough into the system because they're yeah. pulled out from it's stuck in the ground uh, well. from the star. Yeah, yeah. So it basically, gives them like another shot. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder for Zinja's forces to organize after uh, the Battle of Bahaba, where uh, Han is like wrecked everything. All the fighters are just all over Iron Fist. They almost take down. Yeah. Uh, the engines and then the mouse droids have taken on the hyperdrive, so Gary gives them like an extra hour at Salagus where they need to fix the hyperdrives. It ends up taking like 38 minutes, but mm-hmm. that's a bunch of time that they had to... And this is why I'm kind of frustrated with the book, because even all that notwithstanding, they still don't kill it. Yeah. The... Um, and they, they should, because like, Zinj is totally outplayed here. Like, he gets outmaneuvered like new republic starfighters are dominating the battle the mon calamari cruisers are there they've got an agent on the inside everything is going right and it's still like just meh yeah like gara has the best plan to infiltrate the ssd does get out with the new the actual lieutenant catch and Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of their stuff and then just decides to go to corellia well she decides to fly off and uh help in the battle and helps wedge shoot down uh fake Sunderfell. yeah tetran cowell fake actor and boyhood rival of <laughs> face lauren yeah but i guess it yeah. would have been nice if she had maybe goddamn killed warlord zinge on her way out <laughs> yeah that would have been helpful or just like shot melvar instead of like some for some reason right. telling the aliens they need to take the the moral high road here and yeah, then like, blow up on the ship just let them kill them like but yeah um so she should have probably recruited some of them too, if they're as good as Piggy is. Well, at that point, she she thought she would either die in the battle, yeah. get killed by the rogues and wraiths, mm-hmm. or leave. Yeah. She ended up choosing to leave, uh, but eh. I don't know I how say, she got out of there. Yeah, that's true. Also, I gotta say the fake uh, fighter squadron is still pretty damn good. Because they challenge Rogue Squadron on a few occasions. Yeah, they have really good pilots, and the droid pilots are really... Or, like, the the droid brains for them are really good. And they're packed with explosives. So, like, half of the 181st are real pilots. Half of the 181st are droid pilots that are filled with explosives that'll blow up everything in a 100-meter radius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea is basically that they're going to get engaged with uh, rogues or wraiths in a... In a uh, dogfight and then detonate and kill them all uh yeah. it ends up not working but but yeah there's no not bad pilots i mean he doesn't end up being as soon doesn't end up being as good as wedge but hmm. also you know what i remembered in the comics it's a uh, general som who disables soon general som in a y-wing i had that comic when i was a kid hmm. he like disables soon tie interceptor when yeah. uh the new republic captures him the first yeah. time yeah yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool because obviously he's pretty big in the first 
I think he's mentioned he's mentioned the last book, but he's pretty big in the first few Rogue Squadron ones. Yeah, like he was uh, the main friend for the Rogues with the Defender Wing. Frenemy, I would say. <laughs> yeah, in book one, he's a frenemy. Yeah, he's uh, he doesn't like say Wedge the, at all. Say the word, Corey. Doesn't. Say frenemy. <laughs> I don't wanna. <laughs> okay. I don't want to say frenemy. <laughs> but yeah, very little actually ends up mattering in this battle. Yeah. Whereas Zinn just throws away some of his forces that aren't going to show up in courtship. And <laughs> uh, they had the initial, they did have the battle with uh, uh, Rogris showing up. That's when they blow up like uh, Serpent Smile and rogers does his maneuver that we already talked about and Hawes yeah. like hey you want to do this again sometime and he says sure yeah but uh yeah so to beat the 181st piggy figures out that uh they're or he has a theory that they're possibly mechanical so he gets the com officers which are runt and rogue seven or something rogue nine mm-hmm. i forget who uh and he just gets them to jam the comms and the bro- droids stop working. It's like blowing up the com- control ship over yeah, Naboo. Yeah, which kind of offers like a realistic reason for why they're not used more yeah. frequently. See something, Thrawn is kind of something similar in the upbound flight. With like the, uh, he like learns the droid control schemes, or the droid control like encryption from the Lucre Hulk. And then he like yeah. turns them off. <laughs> Yeah, and he also figures out like the exact patterns they're gonna fly yeah, into. Yeah, like, they can fly like, okay, for well, thirty minutes, and that part's really cool. Then he welds them together and uses them as bombs. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. I mean, like, I kind of knew this episode would be a bit shorter because it's kind of like Krynos traveling. That not that much happens other than we get some like two sides kind of rubbing up on each other. Um, <laughs> curious to hear your overall review and where you'd rate it, though, Corey. Yeah. Uh... So, do you want to go through that email first, and I'll transfer over our. Oh, I don't uh, email. Let me just pull it up. You, is it in the thing here? Yeah, it's in the it's in the oh, notes. Okay. I'm just gonna pull yep. over our rankings from another episode. Okay. Uh, did you mean to cut the name off here? Uh, it wasn't in the thing, but it's from uh, Callum uh, Sven Walker. Oh, okay. Uh, so Callum says, "Hi, Corey Neck. Here's a list of things I wrote down after listening to your last podcast on Iron Fist." Uh, one of the race squadron plans is literally the plot of one episode of the Clone Wars bound for rescue. Do you remember that one, Corey? I've actually not seen a large portion of the Clone Wars. Bound for rescue. Which one is that? Yeah, I've, I've seen every episode. I'm kind of the same way. I've seen every episode probably once, but there's especially yeah, eight episodes of the fifth season. I've seen seasons one through three, which mm-hmm. everything I've heard is that the seasons after where it starts getting actually good. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first few seasons, it's apparently season five, episode eight. So I haven't seen it yet, but uh, like the first few seasons, my issues with them were mostly that like half the Clone Wars is happening on Naboo and there's too much Jar Jar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I, I do intend to watch through. At one point, my roommate and I were going to do uh, a, a watch through of all of them and basically have a Clone Wars version of what Tap Calf Transmissions is now. Ah, uh, yeah. But that'd be cool. Uh, well, I think uh, Star Wars Explained is doing something similar he, uh, now. He does a, uh, so I, I feel like now he just think Alex would think I'm ripping him off. So I don't, I don't know if I should do it. Um, you should do it. Chat. Okay. Let, let us know. If, of course, do it. Uh, he, his thing was Bureau Card is called Mario Kart Drink and Drive in the UK. Okay. Um, he said, "Do you think Alphabet Squadron is the new Wraith Squadron?" 
it's similar where they use different starfighters and the pilots are kind of castaways. So yeah, not as good though. Um, can't humans command pre-MC90 Moncal cruisers because of how the view sensors like? Well, what it always says is that prior to MC90s, which were kind of standardized, the old Moncal cruisers were a little less comfortable. And we, we, we get a bit of that in the book where it talks about it often being very humid and like the devices are made for Mon Calamari flippers and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, but they they still could command them. Like the MC, the Mon Ramonda, it's not specified in these books, but it's later discussed. It's later described as an MC eighty B. Um, it's weird how Han is a commander. It's weird how Han is as a commander after resigning courtship. Doesn't he somehow become a commander again by Crimson Empire three and Black Fleet Crisis? I don't remember. I think at that point he's still referred to as general. I don't know if he's still in active duty, but I mean, a lot of those stories as, were. Yeah. Sorry, he's still referred to as general like all the time. Yeah, like, even late, like in the latest of the force, he just yeah, said, gave him my commission. Because of the way that all these stories were written, there were a lot of things where it was supposed to be like they all must have thought they were doing Han's first thing as a general, or they saw him as a movie. Or in the movie being referred to as General Solo, so they assume he's stuck with that. Yeah. So you get, and it fits his character to not want to do that. Mm -hmm. So you get like everything where it's, I, I'm doing this and then I'm out. But yeah. because there was like all of those, uh, all those different stories coming out around the same time with little coordination where it was doing the same thing, then he just is perpetually in command of stuff. Yeah, um, in this book he kind of like is 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 appropriately like fed up with it. Yeah, especially because like like him and Zinj are both like kind of what I felt like as a reader like nothing is happening. Yeah, like this the the book actually gives a good justification for why someone like Han would want to be uh -huh. in command, where he's just doing it to prove to Leia that he could kind of exist in that world with her because yeah. that's not really what han's interested in like he doesn't like want to be this part point of the she's like gonna be full new republic for the rest of her life yeah so and he, he kind of knows that he just wants to show that i'm i can at least be present for that it's not a deal breaker for me plus that fits into the uh, the next book yeah well he could have uh austin could have just left it entirely unaddressed and i feel like the way he addressed it works out really well so i'm gonna give him points for sure. Um, that was our only email, was it? Uh, yes. Okay, guys. Well, you so can email you us so at tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Corey, do you want to do your uh, ranking? First of all, though, before you do, choose X-Wing or Wraith Squadron, which is the better series, the trilogy or the quadrology? I'm going to say I preferred... Wraith Squadron overall. Okay. Especially keeping in mind the uh, the restrictions that Austin had when ending it, mm. where at least Rogue Squadron's Isard was kind of Stackpole's own thing that he could deal with. Mm -hmm. But with Wraith Squadron, uh, considering that Austin had to basically write up from between Isard's first death and what we already had for Zinj, I feel like uh, Wraith Squadron overall I prefer. That's fair. I like 
I, for me, I like the writing in Right Squadron is much better. Um, but to me, I think why I like X-Wing more is there. I don't think there's any main character. As Rogue Squadron? As, oh, sorry, yeah, Rogue Squadron. <laughs> what a cop-out answer. <laughs> I like it all. I don't think there's any character as strong as Cornhorn. That's uh, fair. In Wraith Squadron. And I don't. I think the taking of Coruscant's really fun. Yeah, I I feel like Wraith does the ensemble cast better. Agreed. Uh, and Face is kind of up there with Corrin for me. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think X Wing or sorry, I don't think Rogue Squadron has any characters as good as Tawn and Face. Yeah. But overall, I think Corrin is so good, and I like Mirax as well. Yeah. And the bits we Oral. get. Plus, I just like that the. X-Wing characters like Tycho and, and everyone else kind of do make more appearances later on. We don't get that to the same degree with the Wraiths. It feels more... The X-Wing series feels more connected to me. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the like how much I was looking forward to the mentions of Oral and Noara uh, kind of speaks to the strength mm-hmm. of some of the Rogue Squadron characters. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to doing stuff like I Jedi oh, yeah, and the, the next few... Uh, the next couple X-Wing books. Uh, so it, it's definitely close for me, but I do feel like overall I've enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, the last three books a bit more than the first four, especially because Kratos exists. Yeah. And you, you have to consider it. So where would you put this in your ranking then? All right. So just to recap for everyone, we've been ranking each book as we go through with totally objective measures. If anyone disagrees with us, including ourselves, uh, they are objectively wrong. Uh, These are in no way opinion, 100% true facts. Uh, Justin's ranking currently is first place, Plagueis, second, Rogue Squadron, third, Back to War, then Wedge's Gamble, Iron Fist, Wraith Squadron, Trisa Bakura, and Kratos Trap. Uh, For mine, I have Plagueis, Iron Fist, Wraith Squadron, Back to War, Rogue Squadron, Wedge's Gamble, Trusa Bakura, and Kratos Trap. I am probably going to put this in the new f- sixth slot for me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it just above Wedge's Gamble, but below Rogue Squadron. Hmm. So it's your least favorite of the Raid Squadron books. It's words. definitely my least favorite of the Raid Squadron books mm-hmm. uh, by a little bit. Okay. And but it, it's not as good as Rogue Squadron. It's probably close to Wedge's Gamble, mm-hmm. but it just edges out a little bit. Yep. What about you? For me, I definitely like it less than. For me, I think it's, it might be sixth as well. I like it. Uh, it's it's tough because I don't know. They're all, they're all starting to kind of gel together now too. <laughs> um, but I think I'd have to put it. I think for me this is my least favorite of the Raid Squadron books. So for me, I think this would be number seven. But right. again, there's there's a pretty big gap here. Um, but I mean, I, I've liked all of these. I keep saying this, but they're all really good. Overall, though, I really enjoyed the uh, the Raid Squadron characters and the trilogy and stuff. Just stuff like Tawn's death in the last one and Iron yeah. Fist really kind of elevated to me and. But Rogue Squadron, I think nostalgia kind of keeps that at number one, and same mm-hmm. with the, the first three X-wing books. They were I always liked them a lot more when I was younger. So that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, just any quick questions from the chat, then we'll talk uh, quickly about what we're going to do next. 
and uh, that'll be it. Oh, yep. there's some sound from Windows for everyone there. Thank you, Windows Update. But uh, but yeah, so do you want to just quickly mention what we're going to be doing first? So if anyone wants to put right. any more questions in the chat, we'll do it. So next week we'll be doing Courtship of Princess Leia. And then, or sorry, we're, we're actually going to take a couple. We'll, we're not going to be doing next. Oh, let me just bring my calendar up because I'm speaking like an idiot. So normally we would do the 26th, or sorry, the 3rd of uh, October would be our normal day for the next episode. But I'm getting married on the 5th, so we can't do that because I'm going to be too busy. So we'll most likely do the next episode on the on the tenth. Um, it might change a little bit, like if I get super busy, but yeah, that's yeah, what's so we'll, like. We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, I I was like talking to him beforehand. He's clearly not committed to this. Uh, <laughs> he didn't agree to cancel the wedding, so yeah. uh, I actually I tried writing his fiance an email telling her that she should call it off because this is more important she didn't go for, she's like having considering it for other reasons <laughs> uh, um, but congratulations to justin that's all round of applause uh, but yeah so we'll keep you guys posted on uh what's going to happen with that uh the next book we are doing is courtship and we're not sure what we're going to do after that so yeah, if people so- want to send in suggestions where they want us to go maybe we'll put up a poll we'll come up with some options ourselves and put up a poll by next time but yeah because yeah, we could go straight into thrawn we could do which one is it again um what book technically comes chronologically after this uh after- technically tatooine ghost tatooine i think ghost, comes yeah. after this which is uh i'd rather like work that in right before the swarm war or something yeah uh, it doesn't make sense to include it here um one thing that justin mentioned we could do is the episode three novelization because yes. everyone's kind of familiar with that and would be a, a good breaking point for us here uh yeah, it's oh really it's really really good one thing i did want to mention we didn't talk any at all about the prank which was fantastic but there were several mentions in the book of wedge's teeth where he would like give a evil toothy grin to people and that was kind of creepy <laughs> oh yeah uh, it reminded me of like uh of runt because he's got the yeah. big old teeth but uh, but yeah, so maybe we'll put up a poll of some kind. We'll try to figure out for next time so that yeah. I can update the graphics on the screen. Yeah. But also, we'll know we, we had the last episode. episode wrong as well, but that's not a big deal. Oh, I've shit. I've just been looking at it all stream. But Oops. No Deleted the wrong layer. But, uh, but yeah, let us know. Like, Feel free to send us emails because we've been talking about like Jedi prints or like who knows what. So like, we're, and we're going to, yeah. I'm definitely, I got to say, I'm... I love these X-Wing books, but I'm kind of relieved to get through them. Yeah, like, it's a few people have asked about, uh, like, doing Isard, Adamar, and then Wraith Squadron, but I kind of feel like it'll be nice as yeah. a break later to come back to them. Agreed. Rather than forcing it all in now, and then it's gone forever, and we kind of get tired of it by now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, maybe even, like, Republic Commando for an episode or two. Yeah, but... yeah that'd be fine. Um how many? Yeah, we could do Republic Commandos. Oh, MedStar. MedStar uh, would be a really good one. Yeah, and that's, there's just two of them, so like that's a perfect little break there. Um, yeah, and MedStar is really standalone too. You yeah. can do like uh, the stupid zombie ones and stuff as well, or yeah. whatever. Red Harvest and Death Troopers, I think. Yeah, at some point we'll do Bane. I'm sure. I don't like. I don't love Bane, but at some point we'll do it. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at any questions that came up there. I keep, I've got the stream open in 
my laptop, I've got the OBS and my notes open in my desktop, and I just tried mm-hmm. to drag my my mouse from my <laughs> desktop to my laptop. I do that all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Hosk says Warlord Zinj was competent somehow uh, to get an old was another dozen SSDs. There were more than a dozen SSDs in in Legends. There's more than a dozen SSDs per frame of Dark Empire. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know if you saw the core, but I did a count of like every named SSD or like, mm. like in the Dark Empire source book talks about the first like invasion where the Empire sends out twelve Super Star Destroyers. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I there's some like definite SSD inflation in certain media. Yeah, but yeah, he, he clearly was important. Oh yeah, I do like the part two where um, Min identifies the trap in the asteroid field because yeah. he was running the simulator and. He was fighting the old Iron Fist, the uh, the Victory Star Destroyer. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm gonna uh, miss the I'm gonna miss the guys. I'm sad now. How much do y'all estimate the second death cost to rebuild? Infinity credits. Yeah, way too much. Favorite character from Rogue Squadron and Raid Squadron. We kind of touched on that. Where yeah. I think Ton and Face for Ton and Face, Corin. Corin. I kind of like Kel a bit. Oral. They're all oh, great, yeah. except for Rind. Min. Min is really just the one I don't like. Well, don't Min, Cast, and Don, uh, or Don Cast, and whatever his name was, uh, they sucked. Sand Skimmer, Fallon Sand Skimmer wasn't fantastic. I kind of liked her just because uh, she was so, like, like impotently angry at Luke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like both of the Forges. Really? You like Blue Jane? She gets... <laughs> Yeah, but she was she was just so nice. She was keeping everyone together. That was good. I didn't like Kasten. But I I was thinking, so you know how Kasten goes to that lab? Was it the same one that um that because it it describes it like exactly the same way as when um when what's her name sneaks into it to free the yeah yeah. It's probably the same two lab techs that he walks. Yeah, because it talks about like how they can't see through the glass. Also, um, it was just funny, the creatures they have. They've got, like, a Tals, which are gigantic. They have Ortolans, which I'm pretty sure is, like, Max Rebo, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the... Uh, I did a, I did a video on it, on, like, the, the dark secret of Return of the Jedi. I haven't seen that, no. I'll send it, i got to send it to you, because I did it like a... It's funny, but... <laughs> anyway, the Ortolans... Like, everyone assumes that they're just four, like, just regular small elephants, right? But, like, they're originally in... You know how the, how he's got his arms hanging over the, the whatever, the jizz piano? Yeah. Those are supposed to be his legs. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me send you a picture. Look at Max Rebo legs. Oh, yeah, you can... Yeah, look at the second picture of Max Rebo legs. It's, like, concept art of, like... Max Rebo splayed across his jizz piano. <laughs> it's festering jizz box. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's just, that's something. So he's basically playing piano, just, just balls out. Um, mm, but there are okay. other things that have had him as a four-armed, or as a four-legged creature, but... That's disgusting. Thank you I did, for showing I did a video that. on it. I'll send it to you. It's, I put a lot of effort into it, trying to make it really creepy. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
How come we don't see large tank battles in Star Wars? I mean, there's just more. It's better uh, just, just knock them out with the starfighters. Star yeah. They're the main characters. Like, there are a few mentions of, like, tanks and stuff, and then you get strategy games that introduce tanks, but really, starfighters are where it's you at. You get that random bit when Dahl is invading Yavin, and for some reason she used, like, only ground vehicles, despite the fact that she's fighting Jedi. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dalla. Anyway, right. I think that's all I've got to say for today. Uh, you're going to join us for a stream after this? I you? am joining. So are we're we going to be doing that? some more... Well, I mean, might as well. Are we doing some more burial cart? Probably. How, how soon will we be good to go? I'm ready whenever. I've just got to yeah. finish a stream about a Star Wars book, and then I'm free. Oh, that sounds shitty. All right, so if you guys want to hear more of me, Corey, and also Charlie, we'll be streaming some uh, some burial cart over on my second channel. Corey, are you going to stream it as well? Do you know? Uh, No, I'm... But yeah. Anyway, that's all I've got to say. Not Anything exciting split the viewership. In, your, in your life coming up? Well, uh, while you're getting married, I'm going to be waiting for uh, a box of Star Wars books that I've ordered to show Ooh, up. Oh, yeah. You said you paid Where? like 130 for it, and it's like... Yeah, so I've... For the last few months, uh, ever since I've had an excuse to start accumulating Star Wars books again without my girlfriend killing me, uh, I've been trying to go to every used bookstore I can to get as many Star Wars books back as I can. I had a bunch when I was a kid, uh, and I ended up having to get rid of a lot of them when I started moving around a lot at university. Uh, there were a few that I had in a box still, so I still had most of Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi and a couple other ones uh, that I recovered recently, but I've mostly been using used bookstores for that. And I cleaned out most of Ottawa's used bookstores. Uh, so I, I went on Amazon and started looking for like the storefronts for that for used bookstores. And found one place where the shipping was reasonable. Mm -hmm. So there were a bunch of Star Wars books that cost anywhere from one cent to a dollar ninety, and I ordered thirty-eight of them. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna get that giant box of Star Wars books. You should and actually my, do an unboxing, dude. That would be fun. Well, my pl I I am planning to record me opening it with, uh, depending on how much identifying information is on or near the box. Uh, dude, it's and, really easy to blur out a box label. I did it for a yeah. prior video. And uh, we'll all get to see together how much of my money I wasted because it was like 130 Canadian dollars, so like five bucks American for Game 38 bag. for 38 dollar or for 38 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you'll get to watch my face of pure bliss or immense disappointment when they're all just shredded pages. Well, it's just it's just it's just 30 copies of Jedi Search. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, that's that's what's coming up in my life. Cool. Oh, I had, I'm also going to be starting a new Thrawn's Revenge preview series, which is an Empire War mod I run uh, tomorrow. Where we're going to it's the first time I'm putting out video with the uh, or doing a playthrough with the influence mechanics and government mechanics and all the extra galactic shit we're adding. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll be watching that. Anything else you're doing? Got my bachelor party on Saturday. Ooh. Gus's birthday is coming up. So, busy, busy, busy. That's it, though. So, that doesn't sound as important as Star Wars. No, it's not, but... I don't want to bust my Star Wars nut all at once, you know? <laughs> not getting your own big old box of Star Wars? No, my, uh, my local bookstore is actually really good. Like, they pick up... They get new Star Wars books, like, every week, almost. So, hmm. I've been... And it's not it's not nearly as cheap, but I pay about five bucks a book. So, hmm. 
I think there's like 27 Legends books I still need, so I'm still going to be hunting. But, That's not that bad, though. How many are there in total? Uh, about 150. Hmm. Plus the, like... Well, the, plus there's like 300 of those uh, Qui-Gon Jinn Obi-Wan adventure books. Yeah, there's the Master Quest, the... Yeah. yeah. Young Jedi Knights, I still pretty sure get. there's like legitimately twenty five of those Master Quest yeah. books. Jedi Quest, uh, what is it? Last of the Jedi, whatever Ferris Olin books are called. Yeah, yeah, there's like yeah. ten of those. Yeah, and then there's like Galaxy of Fear and stuff. Yeah, so there's a lot. Comics got to bully, uh, bully people into continuing the Star Wars EU. Michael Stackpole, I'm, I'm just gonna. It'll be like a Saw situation. <laughs> well, Troy wants to do it, right? So He does, apparently. Please, Troy. I need no gotta... to Vistara. She pops out Rock and Cade. It's going to be a, a, the same thing as the uh, the problem with like the, the new Thrawn trilogy, where we know where it's going. So it probably yeah. won't be that exciting I, I honestly just wish that with thrawn i would have been completely fine if they left thrawn until after episode nine yeah like even even now they could still do it they could say he was in fucking time bubble who knows or he's old whatever <laughs> like he got sucked away by space wheels like he was stuck in hyperspace like he make him be the post nine threat you know or i don't know it could happen it could yeah He's not dead. Filoni has confirmed he's that. Definitely. Well, Filoni has confirmed that he's left it ambiguous so that they can bring him back. If, kind if of pisses me off that to. it's even up to Filoni. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. They should let Timothy Zahn do what he wants. Well, I think the idea is that they needed some way to resolve the show, so that's up to Filoni as both the producer of the show and also story group person. And then it's like, but when he says someone can bring him back, it basically means... We're going to get Tim to write another novel. But Zahn, Zahn has also said that he doesn't want to, like, like screw up whatever they, whatever. He, he said specifically that uh, what's-his-name is first crack at it, so. Hmm. Well, we'll see what Davis happens. first crack at it, yeah. It's exciting that we don't know what happened, because I've never in my life not known, you know, what happened, so it's, it's exciting. Yeah, the only thing we know is that he is definitively not definitively dead. <laughs> right. But anyways, that, I think that's all for us. Yep. Let's go get drunk and play Mario Kart. Let's do it. See you guys on the second channel, X2. And see you, Corey, in three weeks. And just now. Also three minutes. Yeah. All right. Bye, Peace. everyone.